This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy knows a lot about training athletes. They train our police and fire members who are injured just like they would a professional athlete. And for 17 years, they've been doing it. We have Dahlia here, owner of Sports and Ortho Therapy. Thanks for being here, Dahlia. Thanks for having me, Vince. So what, um, Dahlia, you've, you've done a lot, speaking of athletes, you've done a lot with, um, with the fire department and police department in terms of, uh, in terms of sports. Who have you worked with? Yeah, so we've worked with the Blaze for the couple, last couple of years. We've also worked with CFD um, Bravest, the uh, baseball team. We donate to the Battle of the Badges, to Ignite the Spirit, to yeah, Run to incredible. the Remember. You know, just a lot of the organizations that uh, the police and the fire department run. Yeah, yeah. A- again, when you're when you're training someone new, they wouldn't necessarily treat um, treat us having injuries the same as you would. Uh, a 60-year-old tax accountant. You know, our, our yeah. shoulder injuries are a little bit different, huh? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. You can't rehab, you know, a fire or police member like you would a nine-year-old grandma. It yeah. just doesn't work. For sure. <laughs> well, we also know that you have a vested interest in us and you've been taking care of us and your support with our charities like Ignite the Spirit. I know you've done the firefighter and paramedic ball. You've Um, definitely been a huge supporter of CFD for many years. And so we wanted to thank you and bring uh, more attention to sports and orthotherapy because you're not a commercial, you're a private practice, you're not a franchise physical therapy place. So you're really giving actual one-to-one therapy to our members. Yeah, we're we're all about keeping in the family. We definitely want to make sure that, uh, that, you know, any any family member of mine is gonna is gonna go over by you, Dahlia. That's for Aww, sure. Oh, thank you, Corey. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, it's our pleasure. I mean, we just want to give back uh, the way that you guys give to us. So we're happy to do it. So sports and orthotherapy at sportsandorthotherapy.net and seven locations across Chicagoland. So North, thanks, Dahlia. South, east, west, east, west, yeah. northwest. Yeah. East. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being here. <laughs> thanks, Dahlia. Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. On December 3rd, 2020, at 19.12 hours, companies were dispatched to a still alarm for reported structure fire. Initial reports were that someone was possibly trapped in an upstairs bedroom. Romeoville police arrived on scene and confirmed the child was trapped on the second floor. Romeoville officers made multiple attempts to enter the building, but were unable to due to the smoke and heat conditions. Engine 5 arrived on scene to report smoke coming from the second floor of a two-story single-family residence. Engine 3 arrived immediately thereafter. Engine 3 Lieutenant Tickmore, Firefighter Vandermeer, Firefighter Baumgartner, Firefighter Felber made entry through the Alpha side door to the second floor where they encountered moderate heat and zero visibility due to smoke conditions. Ticknor Vandermeer had the hose line and performed a right-handed search while attempting to locate the fire. Baumgartner and Felber performed a left-handed search on the second floor. The child victim was quickly located by Firefighter Felber in a bedroom. 
Firefighter Felber, Firefighter Baumgartner removed the victim through the Alpha side door. The victim was unresponsive and not breathing. Treatment was immediately started in the front yard, and the victim regained spontaneous respiration shortly thereafter. Through their quick and aggressive actions, Firefighter Felber and Firefighter Baumgartner made a successful rescue and unquestionably saved this child's life. We are fortunate and honored to have one of those firefighters from that fire here with us in the studio today. Thanks for being here, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We have you on for a, a, a couple things, and this was the, um, what do you guys call this, the record of exceptional performance. And uh, we also have uh, two other guests here with us, Mike and Waffles. And Waffles right now is eating the ice cubes that uh, we <laughs> smashed all over the floor when we uh, started pouring our whiskey. So uh, welcome, Waffles. Enjoy all those ice cubes. And uh, Mike, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. You know, I read the uh, the uh, performance for for, uh, for <laughs> Nick, Nick. Are you struggling Nick, over Nick, there? Nick is struggling with the dog leash over here. Listen, <laughs> Waffles has free reigns in the studio, right, so don't yeah. worry about it. All right. Uh, and uh, you're a firefighter in Lincolnshire too, right, Mike? Yeah, Lincolnshire Riverwoods. Yeah. Um, is that are they in proximity to uh, each other? Not even almost close. Really. Very, where, very Where far. is uh, Lincolnshire Riverwoods? Uh, like 45 minutes north of the city. Okay. Uh, how long have you been like a fireman? An hour south. Uh, 12 years in Lincolnshire, then a couple years before that. Okay. In Highwood and uh, McHenry. Okay. And um, let's get back to you, Nick. Uh, what were, uh, how long have you been with uh, Lockport? Uh, been on Lockport 12 years. Um, started before that at Roselle Fire Department. Okay. I worked at uh, Summit and Lyons as well. Uh, and Elk Grove Township as well. Went, started, went to the academy there at Elk Grove Township and then started as a cadet in high school on uh, Roselle as well. And uh, both of you can, can jump in here. How did you guys wind up getting into the fire service? Did you have any family? What was, what was the mindset here? Um, at, I was that kid. You know, my grandpa was on the city for 32 years. Um, I got his fire helmet growing up, you know, as a young kid, and I always wanted to be a firefighter. Did you fan with him in the city? Um, so he retired the year I was born, but I remember him like, like, so he was old school, old school. Yeah. He was on 55 through 87. Really? So, um, but I remember, yeah, he, um, take me a couple of firehouses growing up and he was actually at the time, um, known as one of the best firehouse cooks in the city. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. So he owned a uh, cabin up in like the UP and, uh, when, uh, he, I was a junior in high school when he passed away and, uh. So I didn't really, like, I started to ask him questions that, that year. I did a report on him and everything like that, and he didn't elaborate a lot. Um, it was when I first started to get into the fire service. It was, like, junior of high school. Um, my grandma passed away uh, when I was 21, right, right after I got on Lockport, and I met, I actually met a couple guys from his firehouse um, at her funeral, and so then I picked their brains a little bit, and they were like, he, he was, like, the best firehouse cook at the time in the city, and... Um, bring deer, in. you know, he's a big outdoorsman, bring deer, he'd bring deer in, um, butcher deer there, would always have everything ready to go, and, really? yeah, so, uh, and a huge uh, jokester, too, so I'm yeah. kind of living up to that name, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's Corey's special. Well, apple, apple doesn't fall too far <laughs> from the tree. What about you, Mike, what got you in? Uh, no family in the fire service, but just, like, growing up, seeing fire engines and all that, and got into high school and did like a career program and then it's like yeah schedule's good 
pretty cool job. And then <laughs> did have to sit in that office. Yeah, yeah. Did have to punch a clock. Yeah, good, good benefits, good vacation, uh, and then just ended up getting in there from there. What about you, Waffles? What got you in the service? Waffles well, is enjoying this time. <laughs> Mike, I got a question for you. I don't know. You can tell me if this is fake news or not. Somebody told me that you said you were in Highwood. Yeah. Somebody told me that Highwood, like, for people that have seen it before, like a lot of fire engines will have, like, the American flag hanging off the back. Somebody told me that Highwood has the Italian flag floating from the back of the fire. Uh, True or false? Not when I was there, but back in the day. Yeah, that was the move. Yeah, there was... (laughs) There was like a whole, uh, like the south side of Highwood was when I started. Heavy Italian. All old school Italian. If you didn't have an Italian last name or if you didn't speak Italian, they wouldn't talk to you. Worse than Melrose Park? So, yeah. Hey, it's, how, how did you get in your current <laughs> position is what I want to know. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, all right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very Italian. It was a cool place to start okay. for sure. Yeah, I just thought that was super like I heard that, I was like, I've I've never heard like some of the most Italian places, Cicero, Berwyn, you know, our neighborhood out out west. Like I've a lot of heavy Italian firemen, and like when I heard that about Highwood, I'm like, geez, aggressive move. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun starting starting there, and the, like I said, the south side of town was all Italians, and they were very, you know. They look, you know, they'll look at your shirt when you walk in. If there's not a vowel in the end, <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't talk to you. Yeah. Now, are you Italian? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it worked. It worked out. I didn't. I don't know what they were yelling at me. <laughs> no idea what they were screaming at me. But I still, you know, yeah, the vowel. It's got. An, it's an e. Go yeah. heavy with the hands. Yeah. Right. Talk with your hands, and I was good to go. So, let's go. Let's come back to Nick. So, Nick, you. You know, through uh, your grandfather and all his buddies, they kind of gave you the the itch. Where'd it go from there? Um, how how'd you wind up pursuing getting into the fire service? Uh, he, he grew a mustache first. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> now that is an impressive there, there, mustache. That is a legit mustache. Thank, I'm not gonna lie. Thank you. I, it, so far, I I would have to say that's the top mustache of the podcast. I yes, think yeah, you I'm, might you might have top dibs. I'm well honored. Done. I'm well honored, Nick. <laughs> Um, so I, there was a career fair in, uh, high school and I was like one of those kids that hated high school. Um, and then there was a techno, I went, I grew up out in Roselle, um, technology center DuPage out in Addison was a vocational school, uh, from the area and they had a fire science program. I also went to the tech program Did you? in Lake County. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, uh, yeah, they, they offered, uh, basically, uh, um, three guys from there, uh, at the time or, uh, Shift commander on Roselle, a uh, lieutenant on Addison, and a lieutenant on uh, Aurora. And uh, basically the program offered, like, your basic Fire 2 curriculum. Um, plus there was, like, hands-on practical stuff. They had engines there. They had a smoke trailer. You got full gear. So could you, get, could you get accredited from that? No, so I got college credits for that. And then actually the last semester of my se- senior year, I got uh, my EMT. So I like right out of high school before I was eighteen. I had like I had to wait till uh, I was eighteen to get take the state test. But I had my EMT like as soon as I turned eighteen, basically. So you're you're an overachiever, is what you're trying to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, then after that I um, did a year of college. And then, well, 
when I was a junior, I got uh, one of the guys was a shift commander uh, instructor there at Roselle. So he got me into the Explorer Post at Roselle. I started riding like crazy. It was like I fell in love with it immediately. You know, I knew I wanted to do this. Um, so from there, and then um, I did that all throughout high school, did a year of college at COD. Um, and then uh, a buddy at the time, um, I was big into music, and he, uh, I was at a concert, and he was like, hey, I'm getting into the fire academy. And I was like, where at? And he's like, Elk Grove Township. So took the test uh, to get uh, on paid on call there, and uh, uh, it was the first fire academy I was able to get into. So got on there, and then shortly after, like right after that, that summer, um, I got into paramedic school, um, and then Roselle actually picked me up part-time. Um, so you got to go back and work where you were an explorer at. Yeah, it so was that awesome. That was pretty cool, huh, working with the guys that oh, yeah, you got a fan I, with? I got to do you know, ride-alongs, and so like part of that ride-along program was like knowing all the rigs you know, and knowing all the equipment and how to use it. I mean, we got to do some cool stuff, um, like cut up our cars as, as an explorer and like do ladder bailouts, like throw ladder, you know. You know so you showed up way ahead of the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and then got into fire academy, and, like, I was like, oh, this is piece of cake, you know? <laughs> like, um, you know, cr- credit to that, uh, the vocational schools and the Explorer Post and stuff like that. Those those are amazing, you know? Yeah. I, and we're actually starting a cadet program out in Lockport uh, coming up soon, here soon, so we just started taking applications for that. Tell people awesome. where, where Lockport is in proximity. Lockport, um, basically southwest of Chicago, probably about... Hmm, 45 minutes to an hour depending on traffic stuck straight down 55 so uh we're in between romeville lamont and Juliet. uh what about you mike we're uh so you um you didn't like high school as well i literally <laughs> it's like the same story yeah that he has so where how do you how, how'd you two meet how'd you guys become friends tattoo shop Tattoo shop? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You uh, lent him your mustache. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he uh, he's uh, friends with a guy that's on the canine team, and Johnny is like, "Hey, I got this buddy that wants to get a dog," and they're like, "Yeah, cool, have him come out." And then he's like, "Oh yeah, he got a dog." So he's and you had already been, at this point been like an experienced dog handler. Yeah, a couple and, years. And y- yeah, you trained you train them as well. That yeah. that's, that's kind of your thing. Yeah, we all we all kind of train each other's dogs and yeah. and then try to make Nick learn how to do this as well. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> like Waffles is actively in training as we speak. He's like he's, he's actively eating peanut butter off the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, but. Peanut butter on the carpet. I'm sorry. That's, uh, that's right. We've had <laughs> he's messy with the. We had an now. incident with a Jardinier uh, bottle, and uh, yeah, it, it, it smells better than before. I will say. <laughs> well, for yeah. for the listeners who, uh, before we started, before we turned the before we turned the microphones on, uh, our own Steve here uh, was reaching in the fridge and stepped on Waffle's tail. And just exploded his anal gland. <laughs> I really hope that you edit out Steve stepped on his tail and it just starts off with Steve exploded this dog's anal gland. <laughs> we hadn't even we haven't even started the podcast and Steve is already blowing an anal gland. Uh, you know, it's, he, it's, he, hey, it's been a, you know whatever. <laughs> he, he hasn't been here forever. He knocks <laughs> in the door. <laughs> So, um, can do you get Nick, Mike? Can you guys kind of give us a give us a rundown of like what the what the team is that you guys belong to, and and what the canine's involvement is with it? 
Yeah, we're both on the Illinois State uh, USAR team. So Illinois Task Force One. Um, to the, the, like search and rescue. Yeah, urban search and rescue team. Um, we're part of the canine search component. And obviously we both have dogs, including Waffles. What's your dog's name, Mike? Irie. Irie? Yeah, she's four. The same she's, same type of dog? Uh, German Shepherd. She's she's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. She's the only she's the only female dog on the team. All the do- all the dogs on the team are twenty year dogs, meaning either Shepherd or Malinois. Um, and she's the only and it, female. So she runs the team essentially. So when we had uh, <laughs> when we yeah. had uh, Dan Trader in here with his dog, his dogs were specifically bite and bomb dogs. What's the specific training just to locate human beings? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, find people. Just to, like lock, smell them and lock on and lo- live humans, live humans, live humans. Live yeah, yeah. humans. There's also cadaver dogs, and that's a whole different realm. Yeah. What what, what kind of dogs do they use? That, for that? was Vince's couch Same. nickname. I mean, was the, the dogs, cadaver dog. <laughs> 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 I mean, all the dogs. I mean, the, all of our dogs could do dual purpose police work if if we trained them that way. It's just all they want to do is train for a toy or train for the reward. So, uh, walk us through the process on it, like. How does a dog like Waffles, what's the procedure for him to start being a a search and rescue dog? But typically what we do is we take handlers or people that want to be interested, you know, want to get into the dog program and we have them come out for a couple months, like three, four months. I didn't do that. Yeah. I jumped straight into it. He just just showed up. He just showed up one day. Like I said, Johnny was like, yeah, my buddy wants to get a dog. So he's, you know, I'm like, yeah, bring him out. Nick, you wanted to get a dog specifically for search and rescue? Yeah. So, um, backstory, my buddy, Johnny, um, I saw what he was doing. He's got an awesome dog, Roscoe. Yeah, Johnny Valentine from Waukegan Fire. Yeah. And, um. So I got, I got into like get into it um, following his like social media and seeing his dog and I'm like that is awesome I would love to do that you know, um, you know at the time when he was starting to do that uh, the girl I was dating had a uh, German Shepherd who I absolutely loved so I was like I would love to do this with a dog like this you know what I mean like so um, kind of got into it and then I don't know just this last year I'm like nothing was going on COVID and I'm like yeah. So I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm you doing it. I'm getting a dog. dog during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm getting a dog. Um, and actually I was, uh, I showed my fire chief this and he was like, he's on point with everything and he's awesome. It was like, I showed him my buddy's dog and he's like, do that. You got to do this. This is awesome. He's going to be a department dog. This is so cool. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it. And, uh, so it was, it was a fairly easy conversation with the chief. It was, it was like, like showed him like the videos and my chief's a big dog lover. He actually has a couple German shepherds and actually wanted to breed his German shepherds and give one of them to me. And it hasn't happened. So I ended up, I was like, I can't wait anymore. I, I got to get a dog. So, so is waffles a member of Lockport? Uh, not currently. He's not certified, uh, but uh, like he's a contractor. Yeah. He's, he's a, like a department dog. Um, so it's actually kind of funny. Like my shift um, my lieutenant, her dog actually just became a department therapy dog. So we got both the dogs, uh, both two dogs on the department on my shift. So, so this is like a scam so you can bring your dog to the firehouse? No, yeah. just don't, don't tell anybody. That, don't tell anybody. That, <laughs> that, edit this out. Yeah. So um, he, I, I've been bringing him to the firehouse since like, I, I got him, and he loves he loves going to work. Um, he knows all the, all the dogs know that when they're going yeah. to work, they know. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. So it, it, when you're training him, I imagine it. It's very much like a hide and seek game. You, he finds somebody, you you reward him, like yeah. you know, get them all excited and, and like just and it, do it, it again, huh? It starts yep. off very very remedial, and um, and then you just build everything up, and then it's you know you're looking for you know, you're looking for point A to point B, but if like that's a huge um, task, you know what I mean? So there's like you. Make it into steps. Very, very small, small well, steps. That's what uh, our some- one guest was saying uh, when Dan Trader was training his dog before they took the dog into the airplane because they were trying to figure out how to jump um, out of an airplane with the dog. And he said, you bring the dog to the airplane, oh, good boy, and then you go. And then oh, you yeah. leave. And yeah. then you bring him, the, uh, you know, put a step into the airplane, okay, good boy, and then you leave. And oh, yeah. then you just keep. It is painfully slow. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. It takes average like two years to train a dog to get ready to actually test and actually get certified. So f- my dog, she just certified. She was three and a half. So and there was a when the when I got on when a bunch of us got on the program was kind of slow moving. So we're hopefully we'll have his dog and another guy on our team's dog certified by two. And you could the dogs have to be eighteen months to certify. So. I I read a story um, after nine eleven that the dogs that they were using, they had to let the dogs find live human beings at one point because the dogs were going into this depression of oh, yeah. just finding, you know, dead people, and they they figured out like what's wrong with these dogs, you know, we we can't figure out what's wrong, and they finally figured out that the dogs were just depressed because they well, yeah, weren't finding read, anybody. They read your body language more than they read you know what you're saying. Yeah. They read how you're acting, and, you know, obviously at 9-11, it was definitely a somber and very depressing time. So you have somebody who's trained you ho- your whole life and is always positive when you do things, and then you spend, you know, a week or two weeks at ground zero, and nobody's finding anybody, and it reads off the people and all the people around them. So yeah, you kind of had to build you – ha- you have to build them up and, you know, get them excited about work and everything. Nick, where was your first, was Roselle your first full-time firefighting job? So, on the contract. Okay. So, so uh, after paramedics, I did my paramedic ride time there, too. It was awesome. Um, actually, you guys know Nick Camby at all? <laughs> yes. Camby was my preceptor, so I got to mess around with him and Eddie Froelich so, uh, at Roselle. So. I know both very well. So, Camby's awesome. Uh, <laughs> shout out to that guy. I haven't seen him in forever. Um so, yeah, Cammy was my preceptor at Roselle, um, got on, because he was like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be a preceptor. I'm getting supposed to get on the city. Uh, luckily, it worked out for me. That dude is an amazing medic and taught me a lot. Um, so I uh, got on the contract there, and then actually he was my first partner. Um, and then uh, I hung out there for a few years, and then... Right when I turned 21, I started testing everywhere. So you didn't you didn't test until you were 21. You were you were comfortable where you're at. You were on the contract, and well, I you couldn't take any. I, I think I took Hanover Parks because I, I think they were the only one that was like 20 uh, 20 years old and some college credits was a requirement. But then I started testing everywhere. Uh, I almost got on Rockford, and then uh, right away, and then. Uh, um, Lockport, uh, a couple guys at Roselle went to Lockport and they were like, I never even heard of Lockport, you know, growing up. And they were, you know, they told me, they're like, Hey, this, this job's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a hidden gem down here. 
Um, so I took their uh, test in a consortium at uh, College of DuPage and then got on it. I got on Lockboard at 21. So I, I think I only tested, uh, maybe took four or five tests. Yeah. Yeah. So where was your, where was your first job, Mike? Uh, Highwood, well, Lincolnshire as uh, through the career exploration thing and then got hired in Highwood and worked there part time and then got hired um, full time in Lincolnshire and then worked part time in McHenry for a little while. But Lincoln Chair was the first full time job. What would do you remember your first fire that you were at? Yeah, my first fire on probation. Yeah. Was, yeah. How, how how long had you been working there when you got your first fire? Only a few months. Okay. So it was yeah. an old shit moment for you? Uh it was uh I just ate and I was I didn't <laughs> and it was like did, did she just say that that was a fire? Where what was your job at the time? Uh I was on a truck and I was backed up on a truck and we ended up uh, we ended up pulling, it was a split level and we pulled the line to the back and the whole back of the house was on fire. And then we just pulled two and a half to the back and then hit it from the outside and then went in, in the back. So as course. a truck guy, you were, you were, well, you uh, know, su- suburbs don't, it's, that's the matter we show up on as long as you show up, you just gotta, you just gotta get there yeah. and then whatever needs to get done, gets done. Other than that, it was pretty uneventful. Just. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was pretty badass. And yeah. it was, well, I had been to a couple of fires before then, but that was like the one, that first, was the one. first one when I was full-time career, and I was like, holy shit, this, yeah. is, this actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nick? What was your first one? So actually... It was this last one that he pulled that guy out. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one we just read? Yeah. <laughs> it's taken 15 years. Uh, so, yeah, the first fire actually was uh, uh, my first day of paramedic uh, ride time, and... I was with Camby. Uh, uh, were you, your ride time has you were number three, or you you were like a, a medic medic at that point. Uh, I w- I was just I was number three on the ambulance. So just doing my paramedic like first day of ride time during paramedic school. Um, I was part time on Roselle, so anytime like a it worked out like I I get paid anytime like a full still came in or something like that. So, or a callback came in. Uh, so it was kind of nice. And uh, so we got called to uh, apartment fire. Uh, like, I think there were five or six stories. Um, technically, they were in Itasca. And uh, um, we opened the door, and, and we, you could tell that they were, you know, fire blowing out the window. And I, it was my first fire ever. I think I was like 19 and just, I don't know, like, I was just like, oh my God, this is happening, you know? And, uh, <laughs> Open the door and you know fire uh, smoke basically all the way down like maybe a foot or two off the floor and you could see straight in and you see a hand laying off the uh, hang off the couch. Um, uh, I felt it can be actually got in there and made the grab um, and I followed him in and then actually the woman woke up and like we shuffled her out of the into the hallway and then she was like my baby's in there and we ended up going past the fire room into the bedroom and him and I were searching the room there was. I remember there were like bassinets like everywhere, and then the baby was in the fire room and passed away. But that, yeah, that was my first fire. It was, so that yeah. was insane. That was a pretty doozy for yeah. your first yeah. one. Dang. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I mean, you were with a good guy. You know? Oh, yeah. So, that, I mean, you had that going for you. I think we should go back to Nick's. Gra- so, we got, a, we got a group text uh, for all the guys in the canine team. And just like random, like, I don't know, it was a Tuesday or some random weekday. He texts the group. He's like, hey, I got a grab. And I was like, what? What What do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? 
what happened? He's like, yeah, I just pulled the kid out of a fire. Like, like, oh, all right. Well, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Like, what happened? <laughs> and then he's, you know, like the next day at training, he's like, yeah, I found a kid. He was on a bed. I pulled him out. <laughs> and he, and, and in, in typical, like, yeah, like nonchalant mustache, you know, flying. Like, so like, yeah, he's like, I got in there. I pulled the kid out and we got to the front yard and he was breathing and we were doing CPR and he's at the hospital. I was like, holy shit, Nick, that's pretty impressive, dude. <laughs> like, Nick, did you get a chance to meet this kid after? Not yet. So, um, that, uh, is that in the works? Yeah. So, the, the letter I sent you, um, from my battalion chief, I asked to meet the kid and he said he's going to try to, uh, arrange that. So I was trying to, it was like, Early December third, so I really wanted to meet the kid. You know, visit the kid in the hospital and stuff like that for Christmas and get COVID happened. Yeah, and COVID, so that's a no no. So, um, so I was trying to uh, work with that and work in my EMS corner, try to get in there, and they wouldn't. No. Yeah. No. So there was strict lockdown. The kid was in the ICU. Is he for a while. still? Is he, he's not still in the hospital, is he? From from what we heard, he's home. So. Um, which is so awesome. Were you, were you like a first engine, or how did this work out? So. Um, that was technically our still. We, so we were cleaning up dinner and we just literally got done eating dinner. We were doing dishes and then the tones went off. We're like, oh, that's our still. Like, it sounds like they were supposed to be first engine, right? Yeah. So I was actually on a trade that day. Um, and then I was technically the senior man at the house. And, you know, the two, you know there's, we, we have four pe- uh, person houses. We have a captain uh, who's there. And then it was myself and then uh, two guys that only have a couple years on. And I was like, Hey, it's your shift. You can drive. I'm I'm on a trade. I'll take the uh, our C spot, which is our basically a heelman four century spot. I'm like, I'll take that spot. Do no you guys have it. three on an apparatus or? So we run uh, five of our houses have ambulance. We have six houses. One's a truck BC, and then uh, the other five are engine ambulance houses. So we run two and two. So the am- ambulances jump. So we jump uh, if it's like our still basically. So. Um, we got we got the call. We're like, oh, we're like, all right, someone's possibly trapped. You know, we were out the door. We were out the door quick. You know, like it was it wasn't maybe two less than two minutes from the time of call to time time we left. I mean, we were out the door quick, um, and we were you know driving pretty quick. And all of a sudden, like you know, my captain's you can like, swear, Nick, it's all right. What's that? You can swear, it's all right? <laughs> <laughs> we so, were hauling butt down. <laughs> yeah. So. My, uh, my captain's yelling back to me. He's like, hey, you know, like, you know, it's, if, this is, if this is legit, Felber and I are running in. Um, um, our other guy, our announcement, he's like, pull a line. So he's like, engine five should be, like, right behind us because they were the next, next engine in. They actually got there, like, about 10, 20 seconds prior to us getting there. We were just turning on the street, and we heard they were on the scene. We're like, holy crap. Like, they got there quick. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, because, are you a Mormon? <laughs> no. Not, I'm, uh, all right. If, if I start, I won't stop, and then you, know, you guys should be like, oh, my God. Because uh, so. it's, a, it's a race for all intents and purposes. For all, oh, yeah. the, all, oh, yeah. all the listeners out there, so they're gonna tell you, oh well, you gotta, especially but, if it's in between two yeah. town, or two districts. Yeah, it's, it's like, a so race. Yeah. It's basically equidistant, but that engine basically had like two turns to make. Basically, they like, they had a straight shot um, down the one main road all the way. It was like basically un, uh, uh, Romeoville, almost towards like fifty five on our west side. And they basically had a straight shot, so we were like, holy Christ, they got here like. They got here quick. Like we were hauling too. We're like, oh god. 
So on the way there, they were saying, um, like, Romeo Petey's in there trying to, you know, ladder the building and get access to the house and said it's too hot. Um, so Fucking cops. Now, can I, can <laughs> cops. I ask you a question real quick? Even though you're Lockport, part of Romeoville is in your still? Yeah, so we are the township. We cover the township of Lockport. Okay. So we cover, like, half of Romeoville, all of Crest Hill, the city of Lockport, a little bit of Homer, a little bit of New Lenox. Yeah, uh, we're both fire protection districts, so un- we cover, like, six or eight towns yeah. each. Okay. Unincorporated Plainfield. Um, so we got there, uh, like, right behind them, and uh, I remember, like, the captain was like, hey, if this is legit, we're taking off. And I saw, you know, parents outside on one side of the yard screaming. The cops were, like, cops were, like, on the roof, uh, like, basically the house, because uh, they – took a ladder from the uh, um, neighbors and tried laddering, like, the roof and tried to get in the window, and they were like, it's too hot. Um, so the parents are freaking out on the one side of the yard, and I just remember, run, like, bolting towards the house. And um, uh, so, on, so now, what do you have with you now? What what did you take with you as you're going to this house and you have a high index, a high index of suspicion that somebody could be in there? Uh, what are you taking? With? I mean, it's a single family house. I, I think I just took a Halligan with me. Yeah. Like I'm my, that my riding position is basically, um, just open the he, door. Yeah. Heel man and four centuries basically. So I just took a Halligan with me. Um, and I just remember like bolting towards the front door. Cause I knew, it, you know, you could tell it's legit, you know, like the parents are freaking out in the front yard. And, uh, I remember running in with, um, I thought the, you know, my captains were like behind me. Um, Lieutenant Tickner and uh, Jimmy Baumgartner um, were right in front of me. And we first floor was completely clear. You know, all the windows were like uh, on the second floor were, there was like really nothing showing really. But like, I was just going to ask, like, what were conditions looking like when you guys first pulled up? Um, I think there was a little bit of smoke uh, off and out, but everything was super well insulated. Um, So then we got to the first floor. First floor was completely clear. Go go in, uh, got to the kitchen made a U-turn up the stair, you know, up the stairs and smoke was all the way to the floor. So then, uh, Lieutenant Tickner stopped us and I was like third in line on the stairs. Um, I messed up like instantly and like, uh, Tickner is a uh, new, newer Lieutenant, um, great fireman. And him and I were partners on the ambulance a couple of years ago. And then like, we've worked together. So I was like, Tickner, let me buy, and he was doing his officer stuff, which, you know, talking on the, you know, letting her, you know, yeah, dispatch know, you know, checking, you know, yeah. getting the layout of land first before he sent us up there with the tick. And he had a mask up. And I'm like, Tickner, let me go. And he, he held the reins. Like, he was awesome. Like, I was just like a dog and, you know, ready yeah. to go, you know. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, yeah. like, you're, I mean, you guys are a well-oiled machine, too, having worked together for so yeah. long, right? So, basically, we got up the stairs. And then him and uh, Jimmy Baumgartner basically made a right 180 and went that way. And then I basically went almost straight into the right, into the bedroom that would be, like, on the alpha side. And uh, I got in there, and there was, like, there's um, like clothes, clothes racks in the room. And, like, there was basically, like, I couldn't only – smoke was all the way to the floor, you know, and there was almost zero visibility. I was running into stuff. I found the bed. Got on top of the bed and there was blankets everywhere. And then you know I could probably maybe see maybe like five inches in front of my mask and looking around. And then uh, luckily I 
I got on top of the bed and I pulled the blankets back and then it, there was the kid. I'm like, oh my, like. The, holy my, shit. Yeah, my That's initial reaction was, holy shit. Like, Is that a doll? So, yeah. and then, and then like, like literally like no shit. Like we trained for this moment, you know, and then I jumped back to the, you know, I was only probably maybe like four feet in the room. I jumped back to the door frame. was banging. Like I got, I got, a, got the victim, got the victim, called them back. I literally, the kid was face down, grabbed the kid, um, started scooting. I knew, like, the stairs were right outside, basically right outside the door. Started scooting down the stairs. And as soon as I got to the stairs, um, Jimmy Baumgartner was coming up. I was like, grab the legs. And as we were going down the stairs, um, Dustin Vandermeer was bringing the hose line up, up the stairs for the fire. The uh, fire was in the other room, I think, on the, uh, the Bra- uh, Bravo side bedroom. Did you have any heat when you uh, found the kid? Uh, moderate heat conditions. Uh, so the, the door to the fire room, uh, I, I, I guess was closed, but like li- literally I was, I think I was up there max two minutes. I, I it was, it was, it was very quick. So the stats on the car are like, pretty good. It was literally a home run call, but, um, I grabbed the, you got the kid to stairs. Jimmy came up, I was grabbed the legs going down the stairs and then, uh, I remember passing Dustin, and I just remember, like, guys were on the stairs. And I just remember, like, straight up, like, because uh, I was talking, like, immediately after the incident. It was like, my vision just went, like, like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Tunnel vision. And I was like, I just remember yelling, like, get the fuck out of the way. Get the, you know, like, going down the stairs, got out to the front yard, and then we went to the opposite side of the yard that the parents were on. Uh, we set the kid down, um, and then I, you know, assessed him. It wasn't breathing. The ambulance wasn't even there yet. Um, and then the engineer on engine five. Is your engine ALS? Engine's ALS. Oh, everyone's a medic on uh, Lockport. So uh, engineer on engine five, I yelled at him. Ryan Mars was like, you know, grab all, the, you know, we need all the EMS stuff. So he came up and uh, we started. Uh, um, kid pretty it, much. What's that? Just start working the kid. Yeah. So unresponsive, not breathing. And uh, Amos was on the way. Um, and we started CPR, you know, and everything. And. By the time the ambulance was coming up, the kid literally just went, <gasps> like, did one of those. It was, it was nuts. And then um, when the ambulance was wheeling their stretcher up, the kid's eyes opened. And, like, we handed the kid off. And then uh, someone came up to me. I think the med- our medic student that was riding that day was, like, the mom just, like, fainted in the yard. So I went over and, like, took care of the mom until the next ambulance got there. And they Ma'am, got- I'm here. I've got a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> They they ended up like they took care of the mom 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 was fine got a refusal and then uh, yeah and then literally as soon as like the ambulance grabbed the mom I like was just like what the <laughs> hell just happened like holy shit like that was yeah I, I we look up the stats of the call I think from time of the call to the kid was out or a victim was found was nine minutes. And then a minute or two later, the fire, we had water on the fire. So, um, minimal damage to the house can save the kid's life. So it was, it was, it was literally everyone on the call did their jobs and like crushed it. It was, it was awesome. So the moment, you know, we trained for all that, you know, those moments and it worked. It, yeah. It just, awesome. to, just to put in perspective, like just, just to review here, like, <laughs> Nick made entry into the house, did a search, found a kid, brought the kid outside, work the kid, you know, very likely in, in your tank, very likely, you know, suited up like like you yeah. were going in for, in, you know, interior firefighting, and 
brought the kid back as the ambulance is pulling back. Um, so just a couple of things here. Um, can you just kind of break down? Cause there's a couple of people that listen, um, overall, and then like one or two of those people of the couple of people that listen are probably not <laughs> firefighters at all. Yeah. They're Corey's aunts. They are Corey's aunts. <laughs> aunts. Hi, Corey's um, aunts. So, Hey, and, um, Hello. <laughs> This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Chicago Pepper Brothers. The Italian beef sandwich is a Chicago classic. And what do you always pair with a beef? Peppers. There's a lot of places you can get a great beef in the city, but the peppers typically leave much to be desired. At Chicago Pepper Brothers, we decided it was time for that to change. Whether you like it mild, spicy, or five alarm fire blazing hot, Chicago Pepper Brothers uses an authentic Sicilian family recipe to craft the best peppers you have ever had. With four different varieties to choose from, we've got the right flavor for you. There's mild for the flavor enthusiast, hot for when you need a little kick, Inferno OG, original flavor with the heat cranked up to 11, and Inferno Diablo, devil's fire with a hint of habanero. From our premium locally sourced ingredients to our handmade small batches produced right here in the city, not the suburbs, our motto of loyalty, integrity, and passion shines through in every bite. Not only are these peppers great for Italian beefs, but you can put them on everything. Burgers, sausages, chicken, spaghetti, pizza, tuna salad, or even just a slice of toasted focaccia. When there's a jar of Chicago Pepper Brothers open in the house, you're looking for any food you can find to add as a condiment to your peppers. Visit us today at chicagopepperbrothers.com and place a direct order with us at pepperbros.llc on Instagram or grab your next jar from one of our custom purchase displays at Top Shelf Smoke Shop on 3540 North Pulaski, The Shy Cave on West Bryn Mawr, or ADC Tattoo Studios in Lincolnwood. Chicago Pepper Brothers, a pinch of heat, but yet sweet. So kind of give people like what, what's going through your mind training wise when you start going up, you, did you say split level or was that your fire mic? No, it was mine. No, it was, was a, a two story, story house. I'm not I, I got, I got pictures of the, uh, of it. Uh, as I'll show you guys after. Yeah, yeah. Send us those yeah. pictures so we can uh, put it online. Uh, okay. when people, when this so, episode comes so out. So you're right? searching, what, what does your searching look like? Just as an overall, like your, um, like, like training wise and then how you implemented that. Well, I knew like, so Lieutenant Tickner basically was like, Hey, you know, we're going, you know, right. You know, they basically made a right, like 180, you know what I mean? Back towards like the fire. Um, and I was like, all right, well, that's the next room. I'm going to search this room. You know what I mean? Like right here. Um, so Literally just went in there. I started a left-hand search. You know, I met, got in the room. I, there was a bunch of, like, clothing racks or something like that. I, I don't know. I went in there after the, the call was over or uh, the fire was out and building was clear. Uh, there's, like, a bunch of clothing racks or something. And then, But I made a left-handed search. I hit the bed right away. And then I, you know, um, luckily it, was, it wasn't just one of those, like, quick arm sweeps on quick the sweeps, bed. yeah. Because there was a ton of blankets, and I got on there. I was like, I I want to make sure like nothing is here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hate to, you know, be in that position to do a primary search and then overlook something. And you know what I mean? So um, I'd feel terrible, you know, about that. So luckily, I pulled the, you know, um, the kid had uh, very dark hair, 
and that was the only thing sticking out above the blanket, so I could have easily missed it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. basically almost almost zero visibility, and pulled the uh, the blankets back, and like there he was. I'm like, oh my god, like the shit, like um, ran through my head like right away, and then yeah, I, I literally, and then like, literally training took like I I mean train training was in place then. You know what I mean? I knew it was oh yeah a pucker factor then, but. Like when I found the kid, it was like instant. Like he yelled back, like, "Hey, I got the victim here." Went to the door frame, you know, made you know, made the noise. I like called him back and literally grabbed the kid, you know, scooped him up and started dragging him down the stairs. And then it was just off to the races. Yeah, it was, it was wild, man. Yeah, there's, I mean, definitely, definitely a lot of shit going on here. <laughs> um, when, yeah, because I've heard, I've heard a couple different. Maybe you guys want to jump in on this too, but like, I've heard a couple different. Um, uh, ideas about searching obviously like this this house going into it you know you got a victim um so definitely a different situation but like i've heard the paradigm of your primary search is you walk in you if you trip on a body you grab it and you go but otherwise like it's quick and then i've heard of other places where you know Again, in a perfect world, you've got you've got an officer at the doorway with a tick camera watching one, you know, watching a firefighter search as as he's going that, through. That's basically what what we do. Like yeah. we, we we train pretty hard uh, at Lockport, and um, and that's that's what they're doing. I knew that, off. I knew that uh, you know tick, uh, Tickner and uh, was going towards the fire and trying to you know obviously clear right. uh, close to the fire back. You know, and I was like, all right, well they're the next room over. Let me search this room real quick. Right, and if luckily paid off so. i think like also i mean at least for us like we sh we don't show up with that many people so you got to be real thorough and real quick with your searches or it, especially when the parents are in the front yard for oh, you yeah. oh yeah oh yeah that's like but that's like you know that's any any call any ems call any call you go on and people you show up and somebody's screaming at you you gotta kind of tune that out and focus on the task at hand Obviously, being searching a house or, you know, did you ask where the bedroom was by chance? No, uh, you can kind of like I've been in enough of those houses like, like we're there on ambulance calls all the time, you know. So they always say like, pre. But they didn't. The the mom didn't say anything about where the kid was. No, they were like the parents were freaking out. So like I mean I knew like rightfully so uh, the layouts of those houses because you're in ambulance calls all the time on you know those houses. So. Well, we've had a couple guests on here. So, uh, Kevin said, you go in there like you're going to rob the place. Yeah. You go in there on an AMBO run or a CO run. He's like, go in these buildings like you're going to rob the place. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. You, you want to, like, try to, like, like case the joint. Yeah. You know? like, so, yeah. And then, I mean, it, it pays off. You know what I mean? Like, And that's I, that's what's so crazy about, um, I mean, and, and a ton of respect for you guys. Like, as it, the farther outside of the city, like, as much as, as much as I feel, it's it's almost cheating in my town because like I've got a high rise or I've got a bungalow and maybe there's there's bedrooms up in the second floor of the bungalow or maybe not but it's still a fucking bungalow and right. like I I know pretty much what I'm gonna get but like out out by you guys like you four houses on the block are are completely different you could have a you know a, a three story you know yeah. like mansion and then you got a, a one story raised ranch like all all of our stills are completely different we got everything so like it's we got to know uh how to deal with everything but i mean everyone's well trained you know we train constantly so that's the biggest thing you it's know important. 
What uh, What about you, Mike? What have, I mean, just just overall, like anything anything that kind of jumps out at you in your in your career that any calls you had. Any fires you had? Not as exciting as this guy's. Well, whatever. I mean, I mean, he, the guy's got a mustache. He's, he's going to put on a show no matter what. Right. Yeah. Did they interview your mustache at the local news? Did they want to know like how the mustache, like how the mustache found the baby? You uh, know, did they it just pointed? pointed. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going, mustache? Right. Mustache. Never let me down yet. <laughs> yeah, I've never had any uh, any any, any saves or anything. Any no, grabs. no, yeah. no saves or anything. Um, we've had a couple with the dog. So yeah, I mean, well, let's let's hear about some dog. Uh, yeah, I mean, some dog rescues. Waffles been waiting this whole time for uh, finally. Yeah, he's just a dog noise. story. He's, he's going to town on that stuff. toy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I work in a I work in a town that's we got three stations and like. So are you 15? on? Are you on call all the time with your dog for when they need? You? Uh yes. Now now we are. So kind of we've. Uh, We've kind of evolved since I've got on this team, on the U-Star team. We've kind of uh, evolved into more of a, like, a localized resource. As How many dogs are, are we talking uh, involved in the whole team? There seven. are seven. seven. Seven? Including Waffles? Yeah. So, anyway, there's two, so we got two puppies. Yeah, so two is waffles. this sta- statewide? Or? It's, I mean, you say statewide, but most of Illinois' resources are dedicated towards the Chicagoland area. Right. So... They're all they're all Chicagoland dogs. So uh, Nick's in Lockport, uh, Rami is in Lamont, and those are the two youngest dogs. They're both not certified. Um, I'm in Lincolnshire. John Johnny's in Waukegan. His dog's certified. Uh, Mike McDivitt is in North Aurora. His dog's certified. And Todd Basagio is in West Chicago, certified. And then we got a guy in Milwaukee that he's. Uh, He's a fireman, a volunteer fireman, just outside of Milwaukee, um, but he's on our uh, task force, use our team. And so, whenever the call goes out that they need a dog, and who makes that determination that a dog is needed for a so? A so, with uh, Illinois Task Force One, they need so like much like any resource, large resource, they need a state or a, a declaration of emergency from the governor to deploy us as like a state asset, either in state or out of state, or like a IEMA request or like a, uh, a request from another state. So for us to go out the door is like move heaven and earth to get us out the door and go do stuff. So when I, when I got on the team, we were all like, all right, we got these dogs and we're gonna train them and do cool stuff, but we need these dogs to actually go out and go out the door and do stuff and like, be effective and be efficient and and actually be requested and be needed in our towns not just at a state level so we kind of pushed over the last couple of years we kind of pushed the uh we kind of essentially just developed our own team um kind of outside of the mabus um outside of the mabus outside of the task force response outside of the mabus response as more of a local asset for all of our just towns let, letting people know that you- you're an asset that's available to them. Yes, yeah. exactly. So our dogs are trained in um, finding people in like a, like disaster dogs. So they find people in collapsed buildings and rubble stuff like that, and they also find people like missing people tracking, trailing, and then open area searches. So nonviolent, not yeah. So nonviolent stuff. So you know you have a, a Alzheimer's patient walk away from their nursing home. 
Um, you have a kid at the park that takes off, and he, you know, the parents can't find him. So stuff like that. Say probably. Do you guys get a lot of lost kids? Um, well, so so typically how this how it works in our in pretty much most of Chicago is yeah. it's a police. It's more of a police matter for missing people unless they call the fire department for like a thermal Im- imaging camera. Mm-hmm. So people go missing all the time, but yeah. they don't call the fire department. They call them. They call nine one one. Nine one one. The police handle it. So what we wanted to do was say, hey, we're out here. You know, we have these dogs. They're super highly trained. They're super effective, super efficient, and we want them to get out there and you know get get work right. Yeah. We're, as firemen, you want to be busy and you want to go to, you know, you want to go to yeah, work. Especially, especially when there's work to be done. Right. Like, why, why sit on your ass? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So what we essentially have developed over the last couple of months or actually this last uh, year, which COVID really slowed us down, uh, we de- developed like a search team with dogs and drones. So we use both dogs and drones to find missing people, either disasters such as collapsed buildings or just the people that walk away from home or you know runaways whatever so i had a uh, last summer we had uh i had a call in like lake forest yeah lake forest and it was a suicidal male that took off from home and um got there it was like 90 degrees plus like a thousand percent humidity and <clears throat> we got out there and he had ran from home he had looped back and he was in the backyard and then he took off running again once he realized that the cops were at his house so then i tracked him um, towards train tracks by a train around the block and then back pretty much a big loop back to his house. And we, obviously we found him. Um, so that was the first time that we got, we got deployed successfully. What do you, how do you get your dog onto the scent of who you're looking for? So what I did was I took, um, I asked the family, well, first and foremost, like Nick said, just nonviolent. So if the guy was violent, had weapons, or like, yeah, he took a knife and run, ran, like, that's not our business. Our business is people that need legitimate, you know, need people help. That want help and are right. for help. Yeah, or, you know, they ran from home or, you know, missing kid, missing, you know, somebody with Alzheimer's. That, But if, if they're violent, we're, it's not our job. That's 100% police. That's a whole different dog. Right, right. Our dogs don't bite people. I mean, sometimes they well, bite us. If, <laughs> unless you unless step you on step their on their tail, the tail. Yeah. you blow out yeah. their anal gland. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. He, uh, Sorry, Waffles. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he forgives you. He forgives you. Yeah, I think he's okay. He, he's, he, and the candles that you guys yeah, lit. Yeah, really. Yeah. The, the candles are... And the, and the whiskey. Yeah, it really set the mood. Uh, so, so we found this guy in the, you know, the middle of summer. That was pretty exciting. Um, and, you know... Lake Forest Fire took him, transported him, got him the help he needed. And then we've been on a bunch of deployments um, thus far, and it's just it's pretty much just trying to get our name out there and what we do and that we, you know, we're not just well, use, we're not bullshit. Use this forum to, to let people know, like, what, like, how can they get a hold of you? How can So you know? we're dispatched through Red Center, so the Regional Emergency Dispatch Center out of Northbrook, which dispatches us and probably, like, 30 other fire departments. Uh, in the northwest suburbs or north suburbs, they dispatch all sorts of departments. So um, we are dispatched through them. So all you have to do is call Red Center uh, either through their telephone number or 911 and request the search and rescue strike team is what we're calling ourselves. Okay. And then... Super dope name. I, that's, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
So and then they you should they, change your name to like the Black Cobra or something <laughs> like that. The Cobra team. The Cobra team. <laughs> you know what? From now on, you're the Cobra team. Well, so well, so it was when we when we kind of started this. It was it's never nothing like this has ever been done. Right. You know this is not a thing. This is this is totally like a you know complete police matter. And we're not here to like take their jobs away or like take their you know away what they're doing, but. We're here to just help out and supplement and like you know like if there's if there's somebody that's missing and like if I've it's been your hearing dad a lot or more of saves and fines by dogs like within the last couple months than yeah, I've ever social heard. media really blows stuff up. People love dogs. Dogs, <laughs> dogs are great. That's how I got you guys in here. Right. <laughs> if so, you guys didn't have dogs, I wouldn't give a shit about you. I, just I, so I you totally, know. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But uh, our um, Todd's chief or his uh his deputy chief chief lydig out of west chicago he's like if you guys if you talk about dogs or horses people are like all in on it so you know we, we put our stuff out there and hopefully we you know people can utilize us to you know to find missing people vince you think you can uh, bend somebody's ear <laughs> <laughs> well but i mean, I mean it's, it, does chicago have anything like that that you guys know of or they, I mean, so that's they, something they've, we got to outsource as well, right? They, yeah, they've. I mean, they have their uh, police dogs, and police dogs. Their police some, dogs do what your guys' dogs do. So uh, some do tracking, some do. I know. I mean, obviously, Chicago has everything, so they have bomb dogs. They have um, what's called. Uh, we tried vapor, to get a bomb dog guy in here, and he wouldn't do it. Really? Yeah. So they have they have bomb dogs. They have narcotics dogs. They have apprehension dogs. You know, I don't I don't know much. I've been trained with much much of those guys but i know they have a plethora of different types of dogs but there's i mean and they use labs a lot they there's a lot labs, labs there's a lot of different dogs there's and they do um what's like a new the newest kind of scent is called vapor wake vapor wake yeah that and sounds it's badass what is that it's tracking uh bomb odor while moving while moving so like, like you just drive around and you let the so dog. Like, or like TSA. Like have you ever been go through the line and the dogs like walking yeah. through the TSA line? That's that's what they're doing. So they're they're essentially like so like you have somebody at uh, one of the festivals in Chicago and you got dogs that are walking around. And they pick up odor, taking okay. taking like that very 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 small amount of odor because the person has walked a half a mile from where you are, and then the dog picks it up. And then they and essentially, on it, yeah. essentially they track much like our dogs track human people. They just track the odor of the explosives or whatever they're. Well, when I worked person. a couple special events, they had a private company stand at the gate with their dogs. Right. And if that dog hit on something, they would take that person in the back and do search the him. thorough search. And yeah. uh, all right, here's you know my drugs yeah. or whatever. Glass but glass yeah, yeah glass search. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or they just have Steve step on their tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's like it's totally something new in the fire service. I mean, there's not if you know yet, yeah, you talk to firemen and you say, Yeah, I, I know some guys that have dogs in the fire department. They're like, What do the, the dogs just hang well, out like, there? Like, I was I was at yeah. uh structural collapse at uh Nipsa and some guy just he wasn't in our class, but he showed up with a dog and the dog was like jumping around the prop and doing whatever yeah. and I'm like I'm like, oh, is he like a cop or something? They're like, no, he's a fireman. I'm like, this is weird. I've never seen it before. Yeah, so. it's, 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 uh, 
my first couple of days of training, like even still, man, like their dogs are fully trained, and it's there's a we got the massive rubble piles out in our West Chicago. That's where we train, and like these dogs are insane. Like, yeah, so we like, did. So like, just Mike, to put Mike's it in perspective, are, Mike's dogs are fucking beast tracking. Like, yeah. like I watched him do his trailing certification. There's tracking and there's trailing, and trailing is like longer. And I walked with him, like, because I'm the new guy. So like, walk with Mike and just. Pay attention to his dog's doing. All you're doing, like, all I did for that was just watch his dog, Irie, and, like, because you're looking at dog behavior. Um, Is there a benefit for having an inexperienced dog follow an experienced dog? Well, just him. It's more so just him yeah, watching. Yeah, it's, it's just because you got to, like, you got to know your dog's behavior. Like, all right, are they licking, are they smelling animal piss or... Are they are they smelling the are they on track with the human is it, order? Is it similar to the, hunting dogs where yeah. you know like if you have yeah. a hunting dog that finds a pheasant, there is no you know one hundred percent that that dog's is out of pheasant on and pheasant. it's, and yeah. it's not like yeah. another same, dog or anything. Same, same yeah. thing. But same I, thing. he did his training. How it was supposed to be like a mile and a half, or what is it? Like over three. It was like miles? three. Yeah, it was like over three miles, and it was like thirty mile an hour winds. It was insane. And his dog. Fucking and it was it. like two hours old, so it was. And typically, like from from my experience with like training over the last three years, um, them or like people finding people and dogs finding people after like two or three hours is like very 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 rare. And so we, so our one of our uh, more recent callouts, uh, we got requested to Elmhurst. And it was like 11 o'clock at night and Elmhurst got called out. Um, their police got called out. Um, they re- they had, they had a dog and they requested a County dog and both the dogs were unsuccessful. And then somebody called us. I don't know who requested us, but we showed up and it was like seven hours later and Todd's dog got out, tracked this guy who had walked away from his house. He was like 70 or 80 walked away from his house. Um, Walk like a just under a mile, like pretty much around his block, through a park, across a bridge, and along uh, a creek. And what he had done was he walked along the creek, and he he had made suicidal uh, comments to his family, and his family blew him off. And then a couple hours a couple hours later, when he didn't come back, they called. So it's seven hours later, and this guy had scooted he walked like a mile away from home and scooted into the brush line next to a creek and passed out and todd got his dog and his dog tracked uh followed pretty much followed the track all the way a mile down towards this creek and then just passed where this guy was and the dog went to the river or went to this creek and wanted to go down river because the scent because the guy was on the riverbank so the scent was going down the river so the dog wanted to go down the river so then I got my dog out, and she, we we started like a couple hundred yards back from where where we had where where his dog had tracked, and she brought us to the same exact spot, and then she wanted to go down river, and then she wanted to go up river, and then the brush was so thick, I'm like, there's no fucking way that this old guy that walks with the cane is hidden in this brush, like I can't even walk through it. So we went about a hundred hundred fifty feet north of where this. Where, where our dogs went and where, where she was dragging me. And then I'm like, no, no fucking way. The cop behind me was, he was like, what the fuck? He's like, there's no way there's anybody in here. So I pulled her out and we ended up going down river. We figured he walked in the river. Like, yeah, he, you know, he said he wanted to 
harm himself, totally walked in the river. Well, we went to the other side of the bridge. There was a cop that stayed on this side of the bridge. A couple minutes later, heard him screaming, like 50 feet from where, maybe 50 feet, maybe like 25 feet from where I, where I pulled her out. Because it was, I was like, there's no way. So what he had done was he walked with his cane to the river bank or the brush bank and then just sat on his ass and scooted his ass into the, towards the river bank and passed out because it was so cold. It was like 30 degrees, like 30 mile an hour winds. And that was, yeah, and it was seven hours later. So Irie would have found him. And it was 100%, 100%. It was my ass. It was like, ah, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So you're at the firehouse. The dog is with you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then if somebody requests you, how does it work for you? Throw the dog in a cheese buggy or a utility I got car? It. Mike's, Mike and uh, Todd on the team have a uh, luxury. They have uh, vehicles. Oh, hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. They're, they're, uh, they are the, the golden boys of the team. <laughs> take home vehicles? Yeah. We got we have SUVs. Uh, we both have explorers. Like, wow. They're like, cop, they're like cop canine cars. I mean, it's Lincolnshire, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Right, right, right. Cool. Lincolnshire and so, West Chicago. <laughs> both, both fire protection districts. Uh, we have great a great tax base, great com- great yeah. community. Our ta- our trustees, a thousand percent our trustees were a hundred percent. Like, my chiefs behind us, Todd's chiefs behind us, and they were like... Well, you just gave us a story about how you... If that guy wouldn't have been found if your dog didn't track... He would have died. In yeah. He would have died. Exposure, yeah. So yeah. even if you were just in the vicinity, that's how the you know you would have. Nobody would have found this guy if it wasn't for the dogs. So, okay, a take home car, big deal, right? This guy's life saved. Yeah. How, and you you've found other people with this dog, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's justified just by so, just yeah. by that. I oh, think yeah. anything. I mean, especially in 2021 and. You know, obviously there's budget cuts and I mean, for us, we're pretty well off. But if you could justify your existence, much like the fire service has adopted EMS, has adopted hazmat, has adopted technical rescue. It's just another part of the fire service, another part yeah. of a service we can offer to the community that. And, and that's what's surprising that this is just now becoming a thing for, for us. Yeah. For you well, guys. I mean, we've had like- so we've had there's been a USAR team and there's been canines on the USAR team for years. But they never, like, went outside the box of, like, let's make this available to our towns and the towns next to us. You hear about, like, we sent the podcast that that woman on uh, Ohio's task force one. Yeah, she's got the there, cadaver dog. No other podcast. Yeah, yeah don't, we don't uh, mention other yeah, podcasts. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it was just sorry. something we like. Sorry. It, was, it wasn't a I'm, podcast. It was just something we stumbled upon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right, all right. Fair on enough. the internet, an article yeah. on the internet. No, no, uh, <laughs> no, you have all these like beautifully trained dogs, and they're just super right. talented, and you want to utilize them. You want to make, you know, the likelihood of us getting deployed for a disaster. Mm, you know, you know. You never know. You know. How often but, has Task Force One been deployed? They're yeah. super well trained dogs, and yeah. you want to utilize them. I mean, them maybe not in the last couple. Like the last couple like, years, they've been. They've Task Force One has been out like three or four times in the last couple. Cobra years. One, but of Cobra, Cobra, Cobra One. Sure. Well, no, like no, the whole the, stri- the canine strike team. Yeah. We've changed it's to Cobra you know, One. You know, it's Task Force One is a, don't. 
Yeah, you're gonna two upset, different, two different you're things. You're going to upset Tim Walsh. <laughs> yeah. All right? I just listened. I and just I've listened seen to him. I today. saw him upset at a uh, USAR training. He was screaming at some Marine or something. And oh, was that the I, one at the... I turned. It was um, at the post office. At the post office. I was I, there. I turned around and I walked away. I was like, I'm not getting involved in this. <laughs> Hi, Tim. How are you? Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a it's an impressive team. Yeah, it's uh, certainly we've, impressive. We've it's done, difficult to get into. Oh, and, yeah. and it's gone to places, you know, it's gone to Katrina. It's gone to 9-11, like, or, or it's gone to 9-11. It, it's gone to New York. Like, it's it's a, it's a an aggressive team that, that gets utilized when, yeah. when and there's, needed. I mean, obviously, you guys talked to uh, Tim Walsh, and he's been a part of USAR for... Yeah, he's all right. He's decent. <laughs> I actually just Chief got Walsh. done listening to his podcast today. It was an awesome podcast. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. And and you got guys like that that, you know, if you don't think outside the box of how you can be utilized, you don't get used. So for us forming this team and, you know, being proactive with our dogs, that was kind of what we felt was the best avenue. You know? now, now, outside, outside of the canine training, which in itself is so, complete insanity, So are, are you like – Tech level, like no. Okay, um, all right. Yes. So he he <laughs> well, is he is. Okay. I'm, I'm starting to get all my stuff. So, yeah. but going back to the canine training and like being, it's brand. You guys new. have no idea how much time is. Oh, I like it's a lot. I, I got. Well, I can I only got, imagine. It's a lot. I have two children at home. It's a okay? lot. So that takes up a lot of my time. So I, I get a lot of shit at, about at the firehouse. And granted, like. It's COVID's happened, and so it's opened up a lot of time. But and it's a new thing at uh, at the firehouse. So guys, some guys think it's like, oh, you get to just bring your dog and just home, and you get to bring it to the firehouse, and you just yeah, because they didn't come it. up with the idea first. That's like, why. So well, yeah, but like <laughs> they just think like, oh, you I just like have it. this dog. It's like no, like I'm training this. This guy's a dick. He's like, an asshole, twenty four seven. So he's yeah. a good boy. He's a super good boy, but he's also kind of a dick. So, so case in point. So I, 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 but I have to train him like every day, constantly every day. Every day is a training. Everything's a training session sure. with Zark. Yeah, I have so, an I have an ottoman that because I didn't put enough time into my dog is just destroyed. <laughs> so if if I don't everything's a chew toy, and if and. Much like waffles, like if you don't put in the time and you don't put in the effort, and that's why these dogs end up in pounds is because they have so much right. energy and they have so much, and that you need to give well, them again, a job. Lack, lack of dedication by the owner, right? You, and that, so I, I know. I'm sorry to interrupt you. With um, Wait, like, hold on, hold on. Is this going to be the first episode your wife will listen to? Because it's about a dog. It's about a dog. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're if, we're breaking boundaries here. Okay. If I have anything to do with it. My wife will not listen to this <laughs> because I'm involved. Um, but, but if uh, so, other other dogs that I know, like arson dogs that that I've dealt with before, like they a lot of the um, a lot of the the handlers will. The only time the dog eats is when it's being trained. Is that similar yes. with you guys? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. There's Which always is, anytime they eat is a training opportunity. And like when my dog started tracking, it was. The only time she ate was when we went out and did something. And, like, yeah, right obviously there. you can see him doing a couple things with the dog. So t- what's he doing? Just making him 
Make no, him I'm, I'm, I'm using my hand signal. So, so he, his that, is that the so, Highland hand signal? So okay. yeah, yeah. My, 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 my dago, <laughs> the Highwood. My uh, yeah, the Italian, Italian, Italian grandmother <laughs> hand signal is uh, the sip. Yeah. <laughs> so so part of uh, so we also so we're certified through um, we got certified this year through Search Dog Foundation, which is a foundation out of California. Um, they train and they supply dogs to FEMA teams and now to SUSAR teams, which Illinois is a state. Uh, team, not a FEMA team. Mm-hmm. So we got certified by them this past October. Um, they're also trained in uh, tracking and trailing, and then that's through either an um, organization called GA Canine or uh, Nor- the North American Police Dog or Police Work Dog Association. Mm-hmm. And one of the things with obedience in that uh, NAPWADA certification is you need to use hand signals to have your dog down and have your dog sit. So like for like typical people, like for me, it's like I do this and the dog goes down. If I go put my hand in a fist and up here, it sits with him. He goes like this. He he does the, he does the Italian. It's called the Elmwood Park wave. Yeah. He does this. The first time I saw him, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, it's sick. What's the matter you? <laughs> see, see. That better be a meatball. Yeah, see. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, and it was it was such like a, it was it, it was definitely a like like anything new in the fire service, like, yeah, we're gonna use uh, New York hooks. Well, what the fuck are those? We got pipe poles, they work just yeah. fine. You know? Yeah. And it's and you know, you, you get you have a dog in the firehouse or if, you know, you know, obviously like it's not a firehouse dog, it's a working dog. And she comes home with me and his dog comes home with him. But people are like, what the fuck do we need a dog for? We're not. Well, I was going to say like, and, and that's what, it's, this is super surprising to me that we don't have this. And, and it's cool that it's awesome that you guys are doing it. Cause like, again, we don't, not to, not to give the cop shit, but like we all know, we've talked to cops before. We're like, Mabus response, like, and, and Steve, you definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but like, Mabus response originated in Illinois. Yeah. yeah. And like the fact that we are so, as much as we kind of get, catch shit for not, for lack of communication, like, we're super organized when it comes to working with each other. Like, there's a reason that I'm, that, that we can at minimum have two to three guys on an engine. And it's not because we can handle a fire on our own, but it's because we work so well with our mutual aid towns with everybody else and with us. everyone else. And yeah. like, and so that's why it's so fucking cool. And, and I'm definitely going to keep it in my back pocket as a, as a tool. Like the fact I know that I can, um, I have a much easier time calling red center and getting Mike or, or grabbing you, Nick, like out of, out of the Western suburbs to get, a dog rather than like trying to maneuver the nonsense so of just, the cops. So like a, just a quick, um, like what, so we trained with um, the DuPage County, the, the Alliance, the Fire Alliance, Western oh, yeah, DuPage, uh, whatever. Yeah. Division, I think it's Division 12. So it's West Chicago and Carroll Stream and Wheaton and all like those St. departments. Charles, all those guys. Yeah. So they do, they train what, they train all the time together. So they did a first in company uh, collapse operations drill. And we hit a person in, uh, cause we have a, like two, essentially two 10,000 square foot rubble piles in West Chicago that we built for the dogs specifically. Mm-hmm. And well, for the dogs and also technical rescues, so we've tunneling stuff through there. And so they could hold classes there. So I just imagine like Steve and like his party boy, like 
underneath in a trench. Yeah, just like just waiting for off. the guys, just waiting for the dog to get close. He just jumps out. Yeah. And like, like, I, have you seen me? <laughs> so, so we had this, we had this drill and you know, it's first in company operations. It's just, you know, like get your, get the incident started call the technical rescue teams, this and that. So we put a guy, a, a live victim in the pile and we said, go, you know, like six or eight fire companies, like eight, you know, six or eight fire companies at the minimum up there searching 20 minutes, like, all right, get off the pile, everybody off. We sent three dogs. All the dogs found the person within a minute. All, <laughs> I mean, all three that. dogs. That speaks for itself. Under a minute. And all the people were still on the, so like all the 30 firemen are all still on the pile working. Or they're sta- well, at that point, so they're, they're standing able there. to distinguish they're the able victim to, from yep. the yeah. other guys. So they, within a minute, within after twenty minutes, of these guys walking around the pile trying to find this person that's buried like five feet under rubble. Smoking, taking selfies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Dog, so, dog so Mike, right. I want to ask you hashtag hero moment. You know, when you think about dogs that typically do tracking, everything that comes to mind is a bloodhound. Yeah. Why have you guys? Is the new transition to dogs like uh, waffles here? Like are bloodhounds like? So all dogs. I mean, all dogs have the. It's built into their uh, bloodlines to, to hunt for food, right? So you just take the drive to hunt for food, and you have them hunt for a Switch person. Switch gears for what you need. Yeah. Switch gears, for right? You you you, you dial them in for what you need, and then they get food. Because the dog, you know, what is the what does anybody do anything for? Is they either need to food, they need to eat to procreate, or you know to survive. So a dog needs to eat to survive. So if they figure out that if I find this person that's missing, and then I get fed, or I get a toy, like, but but why this particular breed for what you guys do as opposed they, to anything else? That, so any like pointy-eared dogs. So labs, retrievers, shepherds, malinois, border collies are typically the dogs that are used for drugs or apprehension, obviously not border collies, the labs or whatever, but they'd have the drives to... High drive. High drive, yeah. Very high drive. Like the dogs that just don't leave you alone, like Waffles right here, yeah. that keeps bothering you. Those are the dogs <laughs> that we, we want to use to channel what, what they're bred for, right? It's all, it's all, you know, they're through good breeding and through good lineage and good, you know, bloodlines, and they're bred to do this stuff, that- so... That plays a huge factor in it. Like you can't just like go to like a rescue and just get a dog and. So Waffles' get, parents were rescue dogs as well. So his, both his parents, I got him out uh, from Honeybrook, Malinois, out in uh, about an hour in Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour west of Philly. So I flew out in uh, end of July to go get him, um, and it was actually kind of cool. Um, uh, I, I knew I wanted a dog, and I saw him online, and I was like, oh, man, this, you know, his, I mean, he's a puppy, so he's obviously cute, but his puppy picture was amazing. Uh, I'll show you guys after. Um, he had a mustache, too. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, so this guy I inqu- is going to kill I inquired about, the bar. I inquired about him. I'm like, hey, is this, I, I, what's up with this dog? Is he available? Like, he was the last male left. I'm like, is this dog available? And they're like, uh, he's like, I just took a deposit today. I'm like, oh, man. All right, I'll keep searching. And like a week or two go by, goes by, and I just went back on that site, and then his picture was still up there. I'm like, is this dog still available? He goes, I just put him back up. Um, are you planning on breeding him? I go, nope. And he goes, all right, well, one of his balls didn't drop, and so if he's going to have to get neutered. So if 
you want them, like just put a deposit down. I'm like, done. So put now, it, had you had you gotten the okay by the chief yet, or no? Yeah, at this yeah. So and this was like he was like, do it. You know, I already got like the you got to you know, like do it from my chief, Chief O'Con- uh, John O'Connor. He's a great guy. Uh, but uh, uh, what's it called? I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm gonna gonna do it. Talk to my buddy Johnny, and he's like, all right, man, come out to the train. You know, come out to the training. So literally, I went out, flew out uh, to Pennsylvania to go get him. Like out to Philly, and then rented a car, went out to go you know meet him and awesome facility out in uh honeybrook malinois and uh his mom and dad are um uh his mom is protection and inspection trained and his dad's inspection trained as well his dad's imported from holland it's a badass looking dog um so uh it's like all right cool ended up getting him fell in love with him immediately and flew him home he was it's a lot harder to train nick than it is to train the dog (laughs) yes Yeah, yeah This episode is brought to you by Federal Savings Bank. I have Josh and Joe both here on the line. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for having us. You guys work with Federal Savings Bank. Who are you guys? Uh, what is Federal Savings Bank all about? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm Joey Matthews. MLS is uh, 130-694. I'm also a firefighter with local 717 and a Marine vet. The Federal Savings Bank, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a bank that's uh, owned by a bunch of veterans. We just try to help out our people. And I'm, I'm Josh Hill, NMLS 1959673. I'm also with uh, IAFF Local 717. Um, and we're on a team with uh, a bunch of other public safety guys uh, from the city and the burbs and uh, a number of military vets uh, on, our, on our loan mortgage team. We kind of got into what your company is about. Why should firefighters as first responders get their mortgage with you guys? Well, between the members on our team, we, we have decades of fire EMS, PD, military experience. Um, a large portion of our business comes from uh, emergency services, fire departments, uh, PD, because they, they trust fellow firefighters and, and truthfully their rights. Um, we won't violate that trust. I mean, I have to work 24-hour shifts with some of my clients, and I don't think a lot of lenders can say that. No, and I mean, we're, we're accessible 24-7. Call, text, email. Uh, we're, we're always going to be able to get right back to you. And we don't beat around the bush. If we're telling you something has no closing costs, we're going to tell you why that has no closing costs. Sometimes people raise the rate and say, oh, no closing costs, but really they're just getting you on the back end anyway. So if you need to get a hold of Josh Hill or Joey Matthews, you could reach them at Federal Savings Bank, 630-534-2900. Again, Federal Savings Bank, 630 630- Five three four twenty nine hundred. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Well, you know what's what's crazy about this podcast so far is that we're sitting here with Nick, who saved a child, revived him on the lawn, and he's still getting overshadowed by the by waffles. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, who's love, really the guest the, here? Who doesn't love dogs? I'll tell you I what's mean, overshadowed. The, the dogs right are so cool. <laughs> I just cannot stop picturing you with like an old school dumbbell and like a singlet with this yeah, fucking mustache. Like, just turn like, the century like strong just, man. Th- yeah, like this this is what's overshadowed for Bullet. me. I am so hot and bothered by this thing. He's like that Guinness uh, picture. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the, so, <laughs> yeah, I actually so COVID stunted this mustache. They're going like um, another victim another of COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <all right>. So, 
So Nick's mustache. So have we actually, not lost enough? Actually, like so, this time last year we all took department pictures, and so. It's an no. epic. It's <laughs> so there was there was a ton of us. They were like, "All right, we're doing like professional department pictures." And the first one I took was when I got on on probation. Um, I mean, I was young, twenty one. I looked like a kid, and so everyone was like, "Yo, we're all growing mustaches." And so there's probably maybe fifty guys with mustaches that grew up grew them out for this picture. And I'm like, "I gotta grow something cool." So <laughs> so started started. This I've been to carnivals before. I got the, I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so grew this out, and then uh, and then literally like that was in last Feb- last Fe- a year ago. We took department pictures. Um, and then I went to go like cut it off. I was like, I had, like, had the clippers in my hand at the station. I was like, went to go shave. Like, couldn't do it one day. Just I'm, like, shaking. I was like, I was like Gollum from uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, my precious, like, I can't do it. So, so you're emo- you're emotionally attached to this mustache show. Yeah, and and my my girlfriend likes it, so she's like she's like, she's like I fucking love mustaches. Don't get rid of it. Who is this woman? <laughs> I've never heard of anyone. An I've never I've never heard of anyone like, you know what? I let keep it. Yeah. <laughs> when we first started this podcast, I had quite the mustache. Not to your level, but I myself had a mustache. My wife hadn't talked to me for like three months because I was growing <laughs> this thing. So, she hated it. So who, yeah, who did we have on the, when you had that mustache? Jeff Rich. Oh, because you took a beating. Numero uno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, we were like, we're going to do this. We're going to be appropriate. And yeah, it went yeah. straight to the, you know right what, to jokes. The mustache. And, yeah. So and then, and then actually, like, because of the mass and everything like that, I stopped doctoring up. And then actually, yesterday, I took my assessment center for uh, lieutenant stuff. And I was like, all right, I got to. I got to really get a good uh, command presence when entering the room. <laughs> so it up. If I, if this thing isn't perfect, I'm fucked. Yeah. I want to, so no, my, 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 like, all right. So I've been, I've been. It's extra chief points for the fucking yeah. mustache. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, all right, if I walk in the room just exuding command presence and with this mustache and the assessors were like, yo, why aren't you already promoted? <laughs> Like you're good. Like we're aces. Get out of the room. So, so he, we were talking. This we were, guy's a fireman. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier uh, when I got to his house earlier, and we were talking about the last time he took the uh, promotion exam and what his facial hair was like. Oh, so I was Tell off on like injury. A I, goatee. I dislocated my knee on a um, car wreck, and I was off for I think almost seven months. So I grew a beard, like a. Full on, yeah, like like just ma- like massive beard, and so it was three years ago. Our list is good for three years, and I messed up. I didn't get my uh, degree done in time, so I didn't get ascertained merit. So I was on the bottom of the list. So I'm like, well, I'm taking this test for experience. I'm not sh- just gonna shave it. Like my plan was to sh- get a straight razor shave, kill my beard with dignity before I go back to work. Right. And that didn't happen before the, the assessment center. Instead, you threw on a pair of sweatpants and showed up like Zach Alfinak. No, 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 no. I, 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 da- I dappered up. That would better. I dappered up. I got my beard groomed. I oiled, you know, it was well oiled. It looked lush. <laughs> groomed. Well oiled. Uh, well oiled and groomed. Class A. Walked in, you know. Speaking of well oiled, you guys ready for one? Yes. If somebody stole my beard, no. by the way. So I took my last assessment center. I, I was in last place. So I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm, this is a experience, t- you know, test you know, right now. So, well, why not? So right now, Waffles going. What did I just hook up with? Yeah, right. <laughs> so here, if I could show you guys. Uh, uh, 
all of these pictures are going to have to be available yes, on we, our Facebook. We promise we'll put pictures of the mustache yes. on our Well, uh, first and media. foremost, waffles. Yeah, of course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> that mustache says I know what I'm doing. I'm just, yeah. you know, that's that's my department picture. That, so that picture uh, looks like it's not even real. I might, I like, might be a train conductor. Hey, get off! That's the Polar Express right there. I might be a train conductor. <laughs> That is going on our social media for sure. Oh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's, that's going to go on it's my. Uh, uh, I'm going to put that. I'm going to put that inside my underneath my helmet, so I, I remember what a real man looks like. Oh, yeah. Spe- <laughs> speaking of underneath the helmets, and going back to Edward Froelich, if he's listening, I still I my old Roselle helmet. I have a picture of. I always kept a, a picture of Eddie Froelich in my helmet. You know, we have, uh, we, there's an episode with Ed. I don't, yeah. Did you listen to oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when you, when Ed, you guys right? saw, oh, my God. So, <laughs> Eddie has pictures of me, too. Oh, boy. So, probably the best prank that's gotten played on me was at Roselle. He's got boudoir pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Because boudoir pictures exist of you. Yeah. So, he was like, hey, uh,. I was young and impressionable, nineteen-year-old. They time. talked you into it, huh? Yeah, he talked me into it. Yeah. So, and if you ask him, he, I saw him a couple of years ago. He's like, dude, I still got those Polaroids. <laughs> oh, they're Polaroids, huh? Yeah, they're from the ambulance. Yeah, camera. that's. Uh, you probably don't want those uh, floating around. So they were, they were. Thank in the, uh, God, Facebook didn't exist, huh? They, they were in huh? the uh, uh, shift commander's bunk room. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> He left his bunk room door open, so we took uh, <laughs> we took photos in his bunk room. Uh, I was getting to that, Nick. Don't jump me on the don't jump me on the prank thing. Listen, so I, I so I finally I think I told you I I, I met Ed um, and uh, and I met him and like there have been I mean not that this podcast means anything, but like there have been a couple people that have been like oh like you're the idiot on the podcast or whatever, and we talked about this before. But like Ed was the first guy. Oh, I'm like, you're the guy in the podcast. <laughs> I, just, I was like, I remember it was so funny. <laughs> Hilarious. He, he's, he's he's a personality. He's a big gorilla with a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So Nick, bringing it back in in your in your career, in your in your entire firefighting career, in your entire firefighting career. Um, any calls that stand out? Anything good that that you want to kind of talk about or? More than the Wait, this, the grab he just after, had with the kid. At, oh come on! I mean, please. What? Um, but yeah, anything that kind of jumps out. I'll get to the prank thing later. But anything. You know uh, prank thing? I don't know. You put me on a spot. I have no. a brain fart right now. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick jumped me on the, the thing. Well, you missed that. Nick um, jumped me on this. That on Ed Froelich has uh, dirty pictures of Nick floating around on Polaroids. Boudoir pictures, Stephen. Boudoir <laughs> Steve Steve put some extra extra mustard on the boudoir phrase. <laughs> um, um, yeah, anything jumping out or? Okay, then I don't care. I mean, you're talking about Rex. You you've had some some doozies out there. So no? all right, oh all right, Rex. All right, so uh, it was last year. I literally got back. I took the the uh, Rit Tech class last year. Um, or last November, or before COVID, November before COVID. 
Oh, Miller Lite. And um, I had to work that Friday, so I had coverage, you know, coming back from U of I that Friday, and you're just completely beat after that class. Like, they kick your ass. Amazing class, and I remember I, I um, left some stuff at our headquarters, and I got back to work, and I'm like, oh, man, I left my bedding at headquarters. I'm like, our headquarters station, I'm like, crap, we got to go get it. And then we ended up... Uh, Companies on our west side were on fire alarms, and we're waiting at a light, and we get a call for a wreck, and uh, right in front of Lewis University on 53, and we're like, oh, shit. Like, we, we were right, like, a quarter mile away. We're like, all right, we're right there. We roll up. I was driving the ambulance, and it was, like, school bus, semi-truck, head-on, and in the middle was, like, an upside-down, like, Jeep Wrangler. We're like, and I'm, like, past, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, and, like, our... Companies like or already like working like fire alarms and on other calls were like, we're gonna be here for a minute and like by yourself for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And uh got out of the rig and um school bus luckily was you know, empty. It was just I think the driver and an aide. Um there's two students from Lewis in the Jeep. Um one I was able to drag out, like like his leg was pinned. I was able to drag him out. The other guy, uh, guy was passenger, was severely injured. Um, my other, uh, the other medic was starting to tend to him. As I pulled the kid out, um, the driver of this uh, dump truck, like, charged us, and he was drunk. And so he, I basically got into a, almost a, like a fist fight with this guy in the middle of Route 53. Like, the cops weren't even there yet. Like, you don't have enough going on. Like, there's people <laughs> watching, and, like, 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 he's like, oh, he pulled out in front of me, and blah, blah, you know, started charging. And I I took a couple swings from this guy, like, covered up, and I basically threw him across, like, into the emergency lane of 53. And I was like, and then the cops got there. I'm like, take care of that guy. Like, hold my hold. What? And like, I remember like the the uh, captain of the uh, first engine got there. I was like, what do you got? I'm like, we might need a bird. We uh, we got we need extrication. Blah 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 blah. And luckily, we were able to get the kid out pretty quick. Uh, cut him out. Coming out of the jeep pretty quick. But it was like. I remember I just like I just want to go to bed. You know, I just got my ass kicked in that rig class like all week, and then like get there and it was like. This is like the worst wreck I've ever seen. Like it was like textbook. Like the car was like crunched in between a semi and a school bus, like head on, like upside down, and like and then uh, then on top of it all, I, I get swung at by this like uh, dump truck driver. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Uh, I was like, what? Yeah, another thing. I'm like, what the hell just happened? So sounds like one of those uh, paramedic scenarios that they give you <laughs> on like your final exam. Yeah, right, yeah. You have a. Uh, Drunken dump truck driver. You have a school bus, and uh, you I, had some. To clarify, I didn't hit the dude. Na- yeah, I was just saying, Nick, Nick's got quite the wingspan over here. Yeah, so I, 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 no, I'm, you know, I could have. I didn't. I like literally grabbed. I got hit a couple times. I grabbed him and I like threw him into the emergency lane. Um, there was people, you know, people watching and everything like that. I, I I'm not going to hit a person. So you, that's quite the restraint. That's quite the restraint. Yeah. It on, is quite on the duty. I I think uh, it's time, Corey. Um, Mike, I'm going to start with you because you seem like a fucking old school. Yeah, you can tell that Mike is Um, devious. Especially with the way. Oh, yeah. Especially with the way. Um, Any good good pranks you pulled around the firehouse? 
Anything so, you got? Oh, so, so we we got a we got we just hired in this this past spring. We hired seven dudes, and we have this engraver, and it's got we got it like a remote that's attached to it, and this thing buzzes like a motherfucker. I mean, it's like it'll shake a bunk room. It's uh-huh. like old school engraver. So we we take it and we will either we'll like tape it under beds on, under bunks. Or under, like, just in their bunks, like somewhere a, in their bunks. Like a hand engraver? Like a hand tool? L- yeah, like a hand tool engraver. Like but a it's Dremel, like, like a Yeah, a but it's, ass. like, old school. Right. Like, it, it's, like, 110 plugged <laughs> in. So, like, it, it's got the cloth cord. Yeah, it's it, it really moves things. So we we use that. We'll duct tape it, like, with a half a roll of duct tape. Because as soon as you turn it on, it like I said, it, it'll, like, this big oak table, it'll shake it. So we'll put it under bed. Clocking we'll, it about 250 degrees. When yeah. It, when it's <laughs> oh, yeah. So we hi, we, we'll, we'll hide it in because we our, our bunks have, um, there's like, you know, there's drawers underneath. So it's okay. like a it's like a twin with like, you know, yeah. drawers, like college style. It's fancy. Yeah, super fancy. <laughs> so at least at, at the house I'm at. And so we'll tape it places in, in the bunk. And yeah. then, you know, we'll all, you know, like a couple senior guys will be like, all right, well, Either we go to sleep. Today's the day. You know, we'll go to sleep at 10 or 10, 11, or we're like, we'll stay up until they're sleeping because, you know, they're trying to stay up later than us. Uh-huh. And then, you know, 2, 3 in the morning, hit it. <laughs> 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 and and then the this last, this one of the, the last time we did it, the one kid was, he was like, he he didn't even try finding it. He was just like, Nothing, just silent. We knew he was awake. We could hear him, like we could hear him, like tossing and around. Turning. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, I think uh, he quiet. was enjoying it. Quiet. It, right. <laughs> and then we hit it again. So then after like five or six just times, heard a moan. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I wa- I go over there, and you know, it's like two in the morning. I walk over there, and he's standing. He's just standing in the bunk, just looking out, like da- just completely dazed, and like. <laughs> Like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? What is all that like, fucking noise? Paranormal, paranormal activity wise, <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck is going yeah. on, man? Like, what the fuck is? It? And I'm like, what are you doing? What's that noise? Turn your phone off. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, uh, just like in complete, complete disarray. Has no idea what's happening. Every every time you like spill coffee. He's like there with a mop. Yes. He's like this kid's exhausted all day long from and, and like when and when I jack up shit, you make these probies and cans. And when I when I like ran up to his bunk, I scared the shit out of him, and he's like, ah, ah. I think I scared him more than the engraver. But that's like that's like uh, that's one of our go tos. And I I I don't know what which one I was listening to. Somebody was talking about Saran Wrap in a one of the podcasts oh, you're talking about Saran Wrap yeah, um, in a. In a, in a uh, bunk. Oh, f- was it uh, Tracy? The, the dude uh, from the fire department coffee. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about the saran wrap. So we'll do the same thing. We'll do <laughs> we'll do saran wrap on the toilet. You guys ever did that? Oh, yes. Yeah. So the saran wrap. That's on old the school. Toilet. That's old school, <laughs> that right? That is old school. Yeah, that's a good. So that's a good one. We'll do the saran wrap on the toilet, and then the engraver is like our two, at least for our that's shift, the go-to. is our like two like <laughs> go to to fuck with people. Yeah, it's not a bad one. Yeah. What. What about you, you fucking carnival face motherfucker? What do you got? <laughs> what is all that so, I know you the, got the, some. The, the boudoir photography 
photos are probably the best prank oh that pulled God. on me. Are, the, are those photos going to be available to us? I, I, you need I, to I ask, know where to get them. You need I, to get ask them. Eddie Froelich. I'm going to get them. So, He's right down the street from you. Very nice. <laughs> so basically, we were at uh, the department I started at, and it's on a nice main street through town. And it was Roselle Road. Huh, no, I mean Maple, Maple, <laughs> Maple, okay. Maple, right off Roselle Road. Um, smaller than Roselle Road, but <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of traffic going through there. Well, um, it was probably a, it was a gorgeous Saturday morning, like as gorgeous as you can get. Probably about eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Um, our shift commander's office, it was shift commander, it was basically a lieutenant at that time. Um, his office was across the bay floor. We were on the living quarter side. And we always used to fuck with his, you know, room. So we, he had a separate bunk room, so we'd lock it. And uh, we were all in the kitchen, and uh, it was Eddie Froelich and Camby were the two main culprits. <laughs> I was probably 19 at the time. Knowing and those two, like, putting those two together. It's... Oh, my, dude, those guys together are hel- oh, boy. hilarious. Just a nightmare so, for everyone around. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, and there was a, a few other guys there, so they're like, he left his door open. We got to fuck with this bunk room. <laughs> so we rearranged his entire bunk room. And then we're like, what else can we do? Like, and then Eddie's like, yo, we should get the Polaroid out of the ambulance. And someone should get in their underwear <laughs> and put his hat on. And then we'll take photos around his bunk room. And... Like and, that the, and, the, and then we'll reveal the photos at a later date. <laughs> oh, so this is a long jet. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is so a he's like, he's like, he's like, or, 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 or like, we'll, we'll reveal the photos like later. Like, we'll, we'll strategically like hide them. And I was like, be, while he's explaining this, I'm. You're I'm already a, getting undressed. I was undressed. <laughs> <laughs> boxers are brief. I have yeah. box, so, so here's, here's the deal. Really tight boxers. I have, no, no, no. I have boxers on. Um, I was 19 years old, still living Not at home. Dude, Boxers that my mom probably bought me for Christmas at Kohl's. Had your initials in them. No, 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 no. They were all red, and they had a monkey on them. It says, "I'm a naughty little monkey." <laughs> yep, yep. You could you could ask both of those guys, and they will they will confirm this. So they were like, oh, my God. I was 19. I didn't want to let these guys down. <laughs> I was like, you know, a young, impressionable environment. I'm like, right, let's go. Give me the hat. And so I'm taking photos, like, and like all around the room. They're like, all right, get on his desk. And, like, and like just, you know. And then, then it was, they're all standing, like, by the door. And then they're like, all right, get, in, get by the window in between his bed and the, uh, and the wall. And then, like. T- turn around, like face the window and then turn around like and act like you're surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is this is Eddie. Orchest- this is feeling. Eddie orchestrating this, right? And then, <laughs> and then he clicks the phone. The, the, like one of them clicked the camera and they all bust out of the door and like they, they lock me in the in the shift commander's bar. <laughs> and I'm like and I'm trying to open the door and they like pull it closed and I'm like. Let me out. And all of a sudden, I hear, boop. Shift Commander Howe to your bunk room, please. <laughs> so, so I, in a panic, there's two windows in the room. I have a three-foot drop or an eight-foot drop in the bushes. I panic. I just took the first window, which is the eight-foot drop. So I'm hanging out of the window in these 
in my boxers and socks. For, for the public to see now. Correct. And it's a gorgeous morning. Like, <laughs> like dads are out mowing their lawn, just oh, living their best <laughs> lives in their new balances. If balances. it wasn't gorgeous, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. So I'm hanging out of the wind, like, window in my naughty little monkey boxers. <laughs> I was really hoping that you, like, took down so, like, some drapery. And just kind of uh, sit <laughs> No, it, it's, it gets better. It's, it's so I run, fall into the bushes. I'm all scraped up. I run up, run up, and they, like, I run in the, open the employee entrance, which is, like, right behind them, and they're all standing at the door just holding it shut, like, giggling. And then I, like, pass them, like, fuckers, and they're like, holy shit, he's out! So I take off through the bunk room, and I, like, make a U-turn. I come back to my bunk, and, like, as I'm about to run in my bunk, the shift commander walks in, and I come to a dead stop, and I'm like, <gasps> like, fr- like freaking out, huffing and puffing. I'm all like, like, I- I'm like scraped up, like bleeding a little bit. And he's like, "What is going on? Why are you in your fudgies? What the hell is going on?" And I'm just like, <gasps> like, like freaking out. I'm like, oh. My God. And then, and then they, they all retreated to the kitchen. And then you hear in the distance, like, Eddie, wait do you see what he did to your bunk room. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he pinned it all on me. So I, I'm like, he ran in his bunk room. I'm getting dressed. I'm like, I'm just like hearing, get in there. Like, I'm like, Faber, get in there. Like, <laughs> I run in the bunk room. I take a trimming from the, uh, <laughs> from the shift commander. I'm like, I didn't have a chance to explain to myself. Like they're all laughing at me. They got line of sight of me in the kitchen, getting like screamed at. They're all laughing at me. I'm like, and then it was like, clean the shit up, get in my office afterwards. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'm like, and then they're all like, like, dude, you shouldn't have done that. They're all in the kitchen <laughs> watching me clean up. I like, I, like he made me like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I want this vacuum dusted. Like put all my shit back where it's supposed to be. I like detail this guy's bunk room. I walk back to the shift commanders. Like I was like, "Fuck, man!" Walk over. Like these guys are just like, like giving me shit too while I'm doing this and like making more of a mess while I'm doing it because he left. And I'm like, "Stop, guys!" I'm like, "Like now I'm in trouble." Like, like, like <laughs> this isn't funny anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so, walk back into the shift commander's office. He's like, shut the door. He's like, you know what just fucking happened? I'm like, what? He goes, you know who just stopped in? I go, no. He goes, the chief. You know what he? You know where he was driving? I go, no. He goes down Maple when you were hanging out the window in your fucking underwear. <laughs> And he just pulled in and asked if everything's all right today. <laughs> <laughs> Business as usual. Right. Yeah, so naughty little monkey. <laughs> so every so, naughty little monkey. So and actually, like we ended up going to that uh, ship commander's retirement party, uh, Chris Howell's retirement party, like a few years ago. I think it was in 2016, and. Uh, Eddie brought those photos. He's like, dude, still got them. <laughs> like, 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 so that's probably my best prank. So every single time I hang out with Nick, there's a new story. <laughs> legit. Le- no, legit. So we were just we were just in Idaho with a couple buddies, and we're out and like shit face. And he's like, yeah. So a couple years ago, I, I don't know how it got brought up. He's like, yeah, a couple years ago I went to Russia and like we like shot guns and drove tanks. And we're like, well please do enlighten us. 
So if you go to YouTube and you <laughs> oh man and you look up gang goes to Russia, drives tanks and shoots guns and bazookas <laughs> by Nick Fauber, you'll find that there is a video of him shoot doing all of that, shooting guns, bazookas. He goes he legitimately goes to a full-on like Russian like military, like generals and everything. And are we gonna have, no, no, no. Are we gonna have enough time? It, full on, <laughs> full on. I'm not shitting you. Full on generals walking by him, and he's in a tracksuit in this <laughs> military, like sales thing. You a convention, a convention, a convention. You center. can buy attack dogs, like sentry guns, like bazookas, <laughs> all this shit. And he's in there with a fucking tracksuit. And, and like a, like a dagger tee on and a face. gold chain. <laughs> like a, a rush, like a rush. And a few <laughs> beers on. Shit face. Can't see this. And then, they, <laughs> and then they go, and then they go and shoot guns and bazookas and shit. And there's a whole YouTube video on it. Just so, like I said. Did, so did you put on the, tr the tracksuit was on purpose, right? Oh yeah. yeah I, 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 I got it. I'll show you. I'll show you guys those videos too. <laughs> And, and all of this will be like available said, on our Facebook page. Like I said, to, it has to be every time I hang out with them. And like, we, you know, we bullshit at training. So, so with the dog team, we train every Wednesday, six hours every Wednesday. And then two other times, two other times with, uh, eight hours a day or two other times a month, eight hours. And, you know, you figure you like learn you know, kind of how people operate and this and that. Right, right. What's, what's that, you what you have for dinner, Jack? <laughs> Just when you thought that you're like, oh, yeah, this this dude's like, he's cool. Like, he's a good time. And then he, sh he starts showing me videos like of him in Russia shooting no. AK-47s. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I am fucking freaking out right now. And this, so, the, so the story with him hanging out have with a, Have a drink, Corey. <laughs> So this story with him hanging out at the window is, <laughs> yeah, this, the story of him hanging out at the window is the first story, this is the first time I've heard it, and every fucking time I hang out with him, it's a new story of some other bullshit that he's on, it's like, wait, is that, are you, is that, did that really happen to you? Like, how did that? I'm officially announcing my podcast retirement. <laughs> Nick, you're in, pal. I'm, I'm out. I uh, fucking, yeah. I can't. I don't have any pictures on a Russian tank with a goddamn tracksuit. And just, 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 are, are you, are you single? I, I have a girlfriend. Oh, his girlfriend loves yeah. the mustache. Remember? Oh, she that's does. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay. But it's just, if it's you were ever me. interested in me, <laughs> <laughs> like you I think that's a different podcast. And legit, that is like, a different podcast. You can't make stuff up. You can't make this stuff. <laughs> you literally cannot make it up. And you're this like. This is just like the one off of the top of Mike's head too. Like this wasn't even like this wasn't like a deep cut. Then no. he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust this one out." Like, no, this like is he's like, just like, ah, like I'll just talk like totally about this. One. Fucking norm. This is like another day in Nick's life. And you're like, I want to hear right. about the Columbia vacation, Nick. Tell me about uh, that. <laughs> I have never been to South America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But more than anybody <laughs> tried DNA testing me for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. I just can't every time. Like I said, every time I fucking hang out with him, there's a new story of some other bullshit that he did somewhere else. And you're just like, wait, what? Never dull moment. How does that even? How does it even happen? What What is it about this podcast? <laughs> yeah. You gotta have fun. That brings. 
out the Ow. character in people. <laughs> oh. oh, this is amazing. And and as as we were talking about that, there was as you were talking about pictures. This was this was a recent prank at my firehouse that I just got. So you see the. <laughs> oh yeah. So the shift. So I left my bedding out, oh, and yeah. there's a. You're gonna catch that one. So this. So it's a picture of the dog. Oh. Yeah. But this this prank goes deeper. So a few years back, um, my buddy Mark who just recently passed away uh, last year in, in uh, April. He, so he was on my job for like 17, 18 years. And it, he was, was this the accident? Uh, in uh, Fox Lake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so a, I'm sorry to hear about that. Yeah. So he's an equipment, uh, equipment operator. He backed into the water and drowned in a machine. So we, a couple years before that, we, he left his bedding out a couple days in a row. So we took his bedding, and this, this saran wrap with the picture was we did the exact same thing. We saran wrap his bedding with the picture, but we hung it from the ceiling. <laughs> and we took, we took a picture of our other buddy, Polly, who actually died almost to the day a year before him in a motorcycle accident. We took a picture of him and put it on the bedding, and we hung it from the ceiling just above the truck. And he comes into work, and we're building this bar at our firehouse. And he brings in all the tubing, like a, a fucking fire hydrant, like all this shit to build it. And he spends all day, like we're all out there building it. Me meanwhile, his fire, his fucking bedding is 20 <laughs> feet above him, hanging upside down. We fucking tied it up all day. And he goes upstairs, you know, 1030 at night, his standard shower, like, you know, right. where the fuck is my bedding? And he's like... You know, he's looking around, this and that, and he, you know, comes to us. He's like, you guys see my bedding? And I'm like, yeah, I think it's on the truck floor, man. Like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> so he goes downstairs and like, yeah, I think, I think it's up on the ceiling. And it's up on the ceiling in his saran wrap, hanging from the ceiling. He's like, you motherfuckers. I fucking spent all day Wait, fucking. Was it his bed or like, the no, bed too? No, it was the bed. Oh, the, the bed. So the, you, you right. saran wrapped the bedding to the bed. To and the then bed, and then hung it up there, and then hung it on the ceiling. So then the dudes, oh, the dudes I work with, the they did this bed. a couple weeks ago. They did the same thing to me, but with, oh, a, <laughs> with a picture of my dog. What are they, I was just saying, what are they trying to set you up for, man? All these, yeah. all these fucking, all these poor guys ended up passing, and, and like now they're now they're like, yeah. Like, and that's the back. that's the dark side. That, that people don't really generally see is like the like the real somebody's really sensitive about some like let's hammer them right now oh, now's yeah. the time that's, we're like, that's, like, that's that's how it goes down that's so that's oh, yeah. you uh, you, f you find a weakness and you pounce <laughs> you fucking exploit it one of our guests <clears throat> Chris Kerbalis from the North Riverside Fire Department he talked to you know they were going through all kinds of stuff uh, <clears throat> union stuff down by them and like they drew the line at a uh, guy leaving on vacation there, and some guy goes like, "I hope your plane crashes." And they were like, "That was the line. Yeah, like, that's just, where they're gonna you draw just the cross line." That shit. <laughs> yeah. That's not the line. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Chris, sorry, bro. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I I can't think of a better way to end than that. No, um, let's. Uh, you know, we, I got uh, I got a one or two. Do it. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> no. So when. So I listened to one of your podcasts uh, in the last weeks. So I've been back and forth to Calumet City from my house in McHenry for the last two weeks for class. Long-ass drive. So I've been banging out a lot of podcasts, yours, a bunch of others. 
but I listened to the one. Mostly others. So. Uh, God, you know, you know. And I listened to um, the one with uh, that Jason dude, Fire Department Chronicles. and uh, Jason oh, yeah. Patton. Jason Patton. And, uh, and his whole thing about, um, it was towards the end, about if, you know, if you need to reach out to somebody, call this 1-800 number. Right. And he'll call you. And I was, like, listening to it a couple mornings ago. I'm like, wow, that dude's a straight stand-up dude. So and you got a cell phone you want to give it out? No, I mean, oh, okay. I, if you want to call me, like, it's totally fine. But I was, you know, I was, I was listening to that. I'm like, wow, like, that's, that's something we don't, you know, we don't talk about a lot. And you guys talked about it a lot on the podcast or the last couple minutes was, you know, well, we going we've, out we've there. We've kind of had that conversation on several podcasts. We're just it does it keeps coming up. Yeah, it it it's, has been coming up organically, but we're also trying to chip away at that stigma that if you need help, it's you're not a weak person right. to seek that help out. It, and I think just, guys like Jason and that they've that really helps to chip away a little bit at that, that philosophy. And it's I, it's it's a re- it's a real thing, and it's not it's not a stigma anymore. Right. Um, and the fact that it comes up organically in this podcast, every episode, whether we have a cop on here, a firefighter, military personnel, whatever it may be, it comes up organically. It, it, it's a real thing. Reach out to your union. Reach out to the guys in the firehouse. Reach out to somebody if you need help. You know, it, it, it's it's a re- it's a real thing. We we all go through it. I myself this last year have been having my own personal struggles, you know, and if I didn't have these guys, these close friends of mine uh, that I do this podcast with to to support me and, and, and to carry the podcast uh, themselves, you know, whole, it, it, you know, I, it would have been hard for me, you know. So well, we, me and Corey sat here and, you know, we had Jason on the phone we had no idea. I was also here for that, that one. Like him talking about that was that was. Well, we didn't we didn't know like because you know him has the goofy guy on those videos. We had no idea, and I kind of threw it out there as see if he'd want to talk about it. And he just like, yeah, hey man, let's talk about. It. But I didn't know the extent of the story. And when he came out and he was explaining, he was in the gym and he was like really Laying on the floor, like right yeah. We, me and Corey were looking at each other like, "What the hell?" Like, dude, where's right? You got a gym at your firehouse? Like, <laughs> I don't even know where mine what? is. <laughs> and, and we, we had a, we had a guest in the studio too that was like coming in to like start their own podcast about something completely different. And we're like, "Oh, this is how you do a podcast." And this story like just comes out. It does. You know? And, 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 like, he's looking around like, oh, you know, we're like, hey, you know, this is how it gets done. And, like, and I've, had, I've had guys at the firehouse since having the dog with me every shift be like, it's so great having a dog to, like, lean on, essentially, when we're, you know, when we're at work and, like, she, you know, just negative energy and there's a dog and she's always, like, you know, fucking off, chewing on stuff and, like, you know, licking your face and this and that and... And bringing this all back to the dogs, like, if it wasn't for the last three years of having a dog, like, I'd be in a shittier spot. Lost two best friends. And my mentor in the firehouse, my mentor in the fire service in 2017, my dad in 14, best friend in 19, and my other best friend in 20. So, like, having the dogs, having you guys talk about stuff like this, and having, you know, like, having friends that, 
you ha- you feel comfortable reaching out to is such a huge just and in the fire service you know like extinguishing that stigma of like quit be- you see what I did there yeah, <laughs> yeah. See what I did? well cheers you guys uh, thank you so much for coming on um, is is there anything before we wrap it up is there anything that like you guys need to promote anything you want to give out the red line um, yeah just Oh yeah, uh, his. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His, Let's definitely talk about that. His uh, buddy, a couple uh, good guys. So my buddy uh, Andy Chiabateri on uh, Truck Thirty Two. Uh, shout out to his company, the Raw Butcher. The Raw Butcher. What's that? Did you do the waffle signal when you said his last name? Oh yeah, a- Andy Chiabateri. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Chiabateri. Um, so he owns a uh, raw dog food company. Uh, so I feed uh, waffles. All natural and- stuff. Yeah, it's all, just basically uh, raw meat. Raw meat. So that's what meat he stuff. ate when he first got in here. He had some sweet potato yogurt and a uh, butcher's blend beef patty with a bunch of like beefy beef organs and. Is that what he's eating right now? Butcher's blend beef patty. Yeah, so, was for sure Vince's couch. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, and this guy, this guy's and, on the this guy's on the jab. Yeah, he's yeah. on truck thirty-two. Okay. And then um, what's it called? Now he's these are his treats. They're freeze-dried beef livers, and he goes crazy over them. So they're yeah. all. Uh, it's basically yeah. Just and what feed about your dog uh, raw their food. dog park? So yeah, the, him and uh, um, I don't know. I forget the ambulance numbers. Uh, <laughs> hey, sh- you could just say Sean. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Swords on uh, on the ambulance I think he's side. downtown forty-two. Yeah, uh, the, I think the big house on Illinois Street. And, uh, I saw him on three list. Yeah, they're, they're, but he ate. Hey, Sean, you don't talk to me anymore. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> Come on, Sean, reach out. So they're doing. Uh, it's called uh, Romp Room Dog Social. So they're doing a uh, inside outside dog park bar. Um, they got like Dark Manor Coffee. Um, set up a shop there. Um, I think it's going to be set up in like Avondale. I think. Um, and basically, like you know. Dog park bar, you know, you go there, have a cocktail while your dog uh, plays. Nice. So they got a whole uh, cool setup. So that's, uh, I think that's coming this summer. And it, it, if some chief or some lieutenant first engine needs a search and rescue dog, who who are they who are they calling? Yes, they want to get a hold of see waffle. They want to yeah, get a hold of waffles. They got to get a hold of waffles. Yeah. He's saying how, me. How are they going? <laughs> Because uh, listen, this this program you guys have is is amazing. Yeah. We're we're flabbergasted by it. I, this, I think this is the coolest thing ever. Um, if, if so, we're we're not we're always looking for people that are interested in uh, literally like putting their life away and just training dogs because right. it literally takes yeah it's all of the time in your life to do this. My girlfriend kind of hates me for it. So, <laughs> so she she like waffles loves my girlfriend. So that 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 helps. So but we're always yeah, looking like, for we're always looking for guys. It's it's a time commitment. It's a time commitment for sure. So yeah. people that are interested, and also if, like you said, anybody that has any sort of incident where there's a building collapse or a missing person, call Red Center. Is that um, the move, Mike? So like that is uh, the move. So um, uh, Illinois wide, Red Center is the move to to get a hold uh, yeah, of your task yeah. force. Okay. Yep. And then, yeah, Red Center. Well, Red Center also. Um, they do all the dispatching for the task force. So yeah. any straight state assets, they do the dispatching. Oh, for all? No For kidding. the whole state. So like anything that... That's a professional operation. That, yeah, man. That's a, no a super professional yeah. operation. I, I've heard so, about it. I mean, they're bad so Red Center does all the... Um, I, be, I believe, I'm not 
hundred percent all Mavis responses. They do like they or, or um, essentially like the task, task force responses, responses yeah. and like the Mavis. They coordinate statewide responses. Huh. So Red Center is the the go to for requesting the dogs, and then and then they'll assign according to location. Yeah, and they'll wherever. they'll okay. shoot us they'll shoot us uh, a request, and then we'll come out. Well, um, is there always a dog available, or so we're? I mean, there's seven of us, and we're on different shifts, and you know, like. Nick said me and Todd have fancy cars. Do you get a page off duty or something like we, that? Yeah, we got pages. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So, like, uh, Nick, give out um, Andy, like, where people can get Andy's product here. Uh, just uh, go to the, I think it's just the raw butcher. How many W's? There's too many W's. www.therawbutcher.com. Steve Hurley's back everyone. Also shout out to uh, the other dogs on the team, Talon, Thor, Irie, uh, Magnus, Molson. I think that's it. Right? There's only four other ones. And the and the and chicks love the dogs, right? Yeah. Dogs and horses, man. Dogs yeah. and horses. Yeah. We're gonna have we're gonna try and get these pictures of the dogs up on Facebook. We're gonna we're gonna try and get the we're gonna boudoir put those, uh, the boudoir pictures and the Russian I the mafia the, pictures. I know the YouTube video. <laughs> Spend all ten minutes watching it. You're, you're gonna want to check that out. You will not you will not be disappointed. There's bazookas, I... there's handguns, there's AKs, there's uh, fully automatic machine guns. There's a bear speedo. There's a bear speedo. Oh boy. It's no bullshit. Bear fur, right? Well, yeah. thank you yeah, guys obviously. again for coming. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Waffles. And um, thanks for tuning in Chicago's Bravest Stories. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for coming. Hey, don't forget, if you're out there in Podcast Nation listening to Chicago's Bravest Stories, please support the uh, support the podcast by visiting the podcast shop at www.chicagosbravest.com www.chicagosbravestories.com How many W's? Uh, check out our uh, social media. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you're uh, liking and sharing our social media pages. Like, and rate, uh, anything share, we can do, anything you can do uh, t- at the podcast store uh, helps us bring the podcast to you 100% free of charge. Thanks again for tuning in. Tell them, Waffles. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by the Firefighting Depot. Visit thefirefightingdepot.com, visit their Facebook page, and if you order equipment or apparel from there, you will get 10% off when you order through the website. This is a family-owned and firefighter-owned business. It's Illinois-based. Like I said, you can get everything from equipment to apparel, boots, gloves. Visit thefirefightingdepot.com. Vince, can you tell us about their gloves? <laughs> I could tell you about their fire hog, which is the last woman at any small town at last call. In Pontiac, Illinois. <laughs> um, yeah, Viridian Firefighting Gloves are, are a product that they offer. They've got a whole... <laughs> this is the last a whole show they of, ever sponsor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think we need this. Just turn this off right now. <laughs> I, and it's, 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 a fair, it's a fair message that they'd want to send. <laughs> Firehog uh, brought to you by yeah. the Firefighting Depot. By now. the Firehog himself, Vincent. <laughs> uh, they, <laughs> I'm sending this one to him, too. Oh, you got to. You got to. Um, we'll be like, we already put this one out on the air. <laughs> this one's on us. <laughs>
They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.